You're listening to the Straight Shooting Radio Show on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the hosts of the show, Jason Selms and Mario Vladko. All right, welcome back to the Straight Shooting Podcast, our first one of 2017. Uh, we've got Muzz and Justin with us as well, we're putting some commentary today on a lot of different uh, topics. We're going to read out some voicemails, we're going to read out some emails, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today uh, on what's happened you know, over early January 2017, December, and it's good to have you guys with us. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks very much, uh, uh, Jason. Justin, uh, welcome back, everyone. Um, it's been a fantastic, uh, I guess, uh, Christmas break, New Year's break, and uh, wishing everyone a happy New Year um, from myself, and I hope you guys have a really good uh, year in hunting. I hope we get a, a really good year politically, and um, so much has been happening around the world, United States, and even here, and uh, I've just been having a really great break during the... Um, did you go on holidays? I, I did. I went down South Coast again for a little while, Jason. And uh, had a good time with my family and um, had a really, really good break. So uh, what about you, Justin? Yeah, I didn't get travel anywhere. We stayed in Sydney, had a really nice time. It was really hot. And uh, I'm glad to be back in the air conditioning and looking forward to a big 2017. Uh, lots, lots of camping, hunting, mm. political activism. Yeah. Well, well, ju- well, I'll tell you what, speaking of the air conditioning, isn't it a hot day today? I mean, we've yeah. been going for an absolute heat wave uh, in Sydney and uh, you've got uh, temperatures of 35 degrees plus every single day, literally for the last uh, couple of, you know, really couple of days and, and I can't uh, probably for the last it's... week, I think it is. And, and I'll tell you right now, Jason, the, the studio has to improve, mate. This is not, <laughs> this, got... is not <laughs> this is not working very well at all. I've got a sweat dripping on my brow. <laughs> it's I've got pretty no, uncomfortable I've only here. I've got aircon in my uh, bedroom, but this is the interesting thing a lot of when i was away i went to queensland that was pretty hot for a couple you know about a week it wasn't too bad i was back here for a week in early january that was not too bad then i went away to malacuta in victoria and like some we probably had one day that i got there was pretty warm but not crazy just more the sun was pretty hot one day about 35 one average day and then the rest of the days mate were 24 23 26 uh, some of the nights down to 15 degrees we went for a bit of a jewfish one night and it got down to probably 15 degrees and i was in shorts and a shirt going oh we better go back soon i'm getting pretty cold but now it looks like we all had good trips um i didn't get any just some average fish this year a lot of eaters flathead i didn't even catch a brim this year which is pretty much unheard of down there there was no nippers a lot of people couldn't find the nippers down in well, Malacuta. Well, I'll tell you what, Jason, you keep banging on about Malacuta and how great it is, and I've seen all your videos, so I haven't seen anything great, though. Well, hey, I haven't seen of... anything great about it, so, I mean, look, it does look nice, you know, a lot of people go fishing there and everything, and I, I personally haven't been there, but... Um, Take your family, go there, stay at the Foreshore Caravan Park. Well, you, you, you've you um, made a lot of videos online on, on your YouTube channel, and I haven't really seen anything compelling that makes well, me want to go Well, if you watch there. it, they're, they're, <laughs> interestingly, there are a couple of guys, They may, maybe they know the spots, but um, they catch a lot of big flathead there, I just can't seem to actually, you know, uh, knock one out or get a big jewfish. We tried probably two or three nights. I think with three nights we went yeah. out over three weeks. Yeah, it's, um, good. it's kind of a bit like your efforts with a deer as well. It's kind of I know. It follows I just a similar pattern. It does. I mean, <laughs> hey, but hey, you got to be in it to win it. That's why they it. call it fishing. They don't call it uh, yeah. uh, cat- catching, do they? <laughs> That's absolutely. Oh, what we're going to do is we're just going to go into probably start off with some iTunes comments. We've got some iTunes comments, so we'll go through them right now. All right, guys, we got our first one from David Obeid. December 19th, 2016, an excellent podcast on hunting and the broader gun culture in Australia. 
Jason and Muzz and the guests have on always offer interesting ideas and insights. Great promoters of the pastime. Keep up the good work from David Obeid. Thanks, God. David. Thanks very much, David. You, you didn't cop any credit there, Justin. That's no good. That's all right. I'm happy to work in the shadows. <laughs> exactly. Working behind the scenes. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. He works hard, mate. I'll tell you. This guy is an activist. He's good. All right, we thought we'd do the first one uh, from Raphael, one of our voicemails. Now, Raphael sent us in. If you remember last year, I went uh, duck shooting on the Riverina. Uh, we brought home a lamb. And we asked the question about whether putting lamb on the bandsaw actually causes food to go off and decay quicker. And we sort of put it out there. I wasn't really expecting a response from it, but Raphael sent in a response as to why, if you actually use a bandsaw, it may decay the meat quicker. Mm-hmm. So what you're going to hear from now is Raphael, who sent in a voicemail uh, regarding that issue with lamb. So here's Raphael's response to that. Jason, just calling to confirm what your butcher told you about meat spoiling when you use a bandsaw. He was definitely on the money, and there is a lot of scientific research on this. The reason why it happens is whenever you use a bandsaw to cut bone, it creates a lot of bone dust, and there is a lot of it, even though it's invisible to the human eye. But this bone dust is rich in calcium and a lot of other minerals. And when that gets in contact with raw meat, it literally acts as a catalyst and accelerates the, um, the decay and the spoilage rates. And um, that's the reason. And there's a lot of research to find out what you can do to minimize its impact. Bye. Well, there you have it, guys. Uh, thank you very much, Raphael, for that uh, voicemail, mate. Appreciate it. Appreciate your listenership, and I hope that explains a lot of stuff for you, you guys that were wondering about that. All right, we thought we'd start with one of the emails first. New listener and self-defense from John. He says, hi, guys. I'm a new listener to your podcast, and I must say that you guys are awesome. You're entertaining and put out rational arguments on gun control, unlike the other side. I first became aware of your podcast through Aussie Reviews and Shooting Stuff for Trey on YouTube. At the moment, I am working back through your older episodes. You guys have really challenged my ideas on what is needed. You cannot grow if you don't challenge your beliefs and ideas. One of the ideas you challenge me on is guns for self-defense. I, like a lot of people, still do believe that I don't need a gun for self-defense. Therefore, no one else needs a gun for self-defense either. But what I fail to realize is that not everyone is like me, such as the disabled and women. One of the things people are currently complaining against is domestic violence. It takes a lot of bravery for a woman to get out of an abusive relationship. Now, some of these women will get a DVO against their ex-partner with the intention that it will protect them. But you need only look at the number of women killed by their ex-partners to show otherwise. Uh, To these men on DVO, it's not worth the paper it's written on. These women have the right and need to defend themselves with a gun. From what I've been told, women seeking DVOs used to be told by police to get a pistol to defend themselves. They can't be done today because of the NFA. Sorry, this is just one example. Thanks for all you do and keep up the fight. Regards, John. Oh, well, excellent. Thank you very much, John. And uh, we we really do appreciate that you are listening to the show and uh, I guess um, broadening your horizons and, uh, you know, listening to different opinions. And this is fantastic. And, you know, everyone's got a different opinion on things. People sometimes change their mind as well. I mean, my political views in the last 10 years have changed as well. I think it's fantastic. So uh, thanks very much for that email. I I couldn't agree more. I'm always learning and, and being challenged by people and try to take that in the best possible light um, without taking anything personally. And uh, sometimes that can be a challenge. But um, Jason's right when he said, or, or sorry, the email's right when you said that the police used to recommend that women buy a pistol. Several hundred years ago, uh, men used to buy pistols for their ladies like a gift. Uh, if you started going out with somebody, uh, one of the things you would 
you know, do for her as a gentleman was give her a pistol, mm. yep. and many of them were engraved with a little poem. No matter his strength, no matter his size, depend on me, for I equalise. So the issue of right. self-defence for women particularly and the disabled and the elderly is not a new issue. Um, it's become new in the media because it's an undeniable thing that's sort of in everybody's face. And in 1996 and for the 20 years following, they tried to sort of sweep it all under the rug and say, oh, gun control has solved all these violence problems mm. and gun, gun control has stopped suicides and blah, blah, blah. But this is an age-old issue with no remedy except for the, the only remedy that we all understand is that people have the right to life and the right to defend themselves. Yep. And those two are, are interlinked. And that brings back to a, a point that I bang on a lot about, which is gun control laws are essentially sexist, racist, and ageist. They discriminate against the most needy areas of our society in order so that minorities, women, and the elderly are denied the means to defend themselves. And that is morally wrong, mm. and I think it's something that the pro-gun culture really neglects when we're trying to push back against the antis. The antis can rant and rave about safety, but effectively what they are doing by passing laws to deny people the right to use a gun, they are discriminating against women, minorities, and the elderly, and that is morally wrong, and that is something that we can all use in the future to, to make our point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And speaking of domestic violence too, I mean, in Australia, if, if you've got some women who are at high risk, you know, in, in a high risk relationship that have, have AVOs against their partners and police have, you know, deemed them to be extremely dangerous people and, you know, mate, they're not even allowed to carry some pepper spray. They're not even allowed to go through a little bit of basic training on how to use pepper spray and carry something for a little bit of non-lethal mm. self-defense. I mean... You know, when a partner is, for example, out of control and he wants to bet up on his missus, it's only going to take a couple of seconds. I mean, how is a woman supposed to run to the cops or call the police? There is nothing that's going to save her in that situation. And, you know, if she would at least be able to carry some pepper spray, then you would have some forms of initial self-defense, I guess, would give her enough time to run away and call the police. But this is what I mean. In Australia, there's just not even a discussion about that. There's no discussion. You know, Prime Minister bangs on about, oh, it's, you know... Uh, all this domestic violence, it's a problem. You know, to be honest, I don't really think it's, it's that much of a problem that they bang on about. But, it, you know, if it is a problem, then fair enough. They never talk about the solutions. They never talk about the options. They never talk about all the things that can be done to help women, including self-defence. They never talk about it because they just don't want to go there. That, something needs to be done, but we don't know why. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, but I guess, look, it's good to raise awareness about it. Okay, it's good to say to people, look, it's wrong to beat up on your women and those sort of things in public. Yes, I agree. However, we're not giving the women the necessary tools to adequately defend themselves. Okay, an AVA is just a piece of paper. Sorry, Murray, I'm going to call you on that. It, it, domestic violence is a big issue. Okay. I know in the context of what you were saying, <laughs> the media is blowing out of proportion. But Here we uh, go, a bit of a fire up. I love yeah, it. Here yeah, we go. Look, um, that's, what, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, no, that's um, good. The, the, there is a massive issue, particularly in our culture, uh, with, with alcohol and violence being linked. Um, it, and it's not a simple issue. There are, these are multiple causes. There are m- multiple... Um, issues combining to form this problem and there's not a simple solution and the politicians only want to deal with 
problems that have a simple solution, which is exactly what Jason was saying. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a big problem. And just trust us to do something about it, but we won't actually commit to doing anything about it. But that's the issue, though, I find. A lot of people say there's a, it, it's a problem, which yeah, it is. But I, mean, no, I, what I, we... I disagree, mate. Hang on. Okay. I strongly I, listen, disagree. I, I, okay. Well, it's, it's a issue yeah. amongst a lot of other issues, right? Yeah. It's not just... Uh, violence, as many other issues we're surrounded by right now. But I think, to be honest, it's a left-wing feel-good issue. I, I don't <laughs> wow. think I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a genuine problem. I think it's a, it's like Islamophobia, if you, if you if you will. They've turned domestic violence into this kind of Islamophobia. That's why they've put Rosie Batty as the Australian of the Year. I mean, really, what has she done to be Australian of the Year? I know this is controversial, but what has she actually done? I know she suffered domestic violence, and her and her son was unfortunately killed by her. Uh, you know, violent partner, and it's awful. It's, it's horrific, and I feel for her. But what has she done to be Australian of the Year? Australian of the Year is used as a platform to push all these left-wing agendas. But uh, but hang on, in saying I think that, that's they, how tr- do we get, like, we can't have a police officer in everyone's house. Men know these days mm-hmm. there's enough mm-hmm. awareness that you don't, you know, we, we know not to hit women. We know that. So what, what can we possibly do except putting a, a police officer in everyone's house? Men know not to hit women. If they're going to do it, they're going to do it. The government can't be in everyone's house. What options are there? But we don't want to go on yeah. about – have your last say on that because we don't want to go too much. Yeah. It's, a, it's a hunting and shooting show. It's not oh, a Oh, well, yeah, that's show. it. Now we're on I the topic. S- I, saw a, <laughs> right out. I saw a movie where the government was, every, was in everybody's house. It was called 1984. It was supposed to be a warning to us all. Yeah. Uh, yeah but, look, hey, maybe that's about to come true. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> no, no, tr- tr- Trump is, Trump is uh, on his way to winding back a lot of that. Let's, uh, mm. let, let's, let's, let's so. p- pause that for a minute. That's a, a topic for a few, few more minutes' time. Yeah, okay. we've got one now from uh, Barry. This one's probably more directed at me because I know about this. He goes, sorry, Jason, I was so incensed at what I heard. I had to have a blab to someone. Was that a local gun shop, the Savo? And we're all bashing on about the SSW Sydney branch approving Adler's to be moved to Cat D. Uh, they all said it was on their Facebook page and everyone was going nuts about it. Should have checked myself, which I've now found out. It's all a misrepresentation by shooters who like rumours. Wouldn't it be good if we could all work together on common cause instead of white-handing other shooters? Well, I'm on the committee. I've made no... Uh, apologies for that like as most of you guys know mm. here uh, we do it for free we're just trying to do the best that we can to try and make changes everybody complains that the double double doesn't do anything and sometimes that's true uh, they're not doing the things they could be doing there's plenty of money to be pushing a lot more things uh, but if you don't get involved what are we going to expect if you're not going to get involved get involved if you don't like what they're doing get involved at your branch level get involved you know at your, you know become a branch member become a committee member mm. on the branches yeah a lot, of, a lot of people like to complain about the double SAA. i'm a member um but a lot of people don't understand the structure and the double SAA by its structure is very fragmented and by design no branch or state or federal body can tell anybody else what to do uh th- that's in the constitution so for people who are jumping up and down saying, oh, I want the SSAA to do this, well, who are you referring to? Is it your local branch that you're a member of or is it somebody else at the state or the national level who's got no, influ- no, no influence over what's going on? Best thing to do if you've got a problem with the SSAA, join your branch, get on the committee and help all shooters um, and without resorting to white anting or backstabbing or spreading rumours on Facebook like we all seem to love to do. Yeah, look... 
I agree. Everyone does need to be involved. Uh, hang on, can I say one thing? And some yeah. people say, like, I'm a bit of a shill for the double S, double A. If you actually, people that actually do listen to this show and the ones that actually listen to it right now, I know mm. we've, on many occasions been very critical of the double S, double A and the things they've done. When they've deserved us to say good things, we've done good things. Mm. When they've mm. done things we haven't thought of good, we've also said that as well. So I don't know where people come across. I do this for nothing. I do this show almost for nothing except for the, you know, the exactly. awesome well, sponsorship yeah. I get from people. Let's get serious about, you know, if you want to get involved, get involved. I mean, you might not like what they're doing. If they're not going to change, if you don't get involved, I mean, there's no other option there. Get involved and Absolutely. make change. Get five guys involved. Get on the committee and you begin to change things. Exactly. Well, I mean, when they do good things, we're going to praise them. When they do bad things, we're going to, we're going to tell, say about it. And look, there's a lot of people who have got a lot, a lot of angst against the double S double A. And I'm going to about to read some out, Jason. Oh, yeah? oh, here we <laughs> I go. am. So look, so this is in just response to the COAG decision, you know, regarding the outlet and all that stuff, which happened uh, last year. And this is some of the uh, responses that people are saying on, on the on the on the Facebook pages and you know a lot of social media and, and these are the most popular responses that get the most amount of likes. And uh, this one says, "I've seen more from the double S double A after Coag's decision than before." Okay, and another guy says, "Double S double A really needs to step up and show firearm owners whose side they are uh, really on." Uh, it needs to be much more of a bigger effort from double S double A as a whole. As it stands, you're just losing the support of the firearm owners nationwide. And then we've got another one that says, Too slow. The new cycle moves very quickly. This is too little, too late. I suggest having pre-agreed news releases ready for an event like this. So, you know, you've got a lot of people that are a little bit upset. And then you've got another one that says, Get off your, get your heads out of your asses and stop preaching to the choir. Get out there and start converting people to the cause. And gun rights are not based on hunting, shooting, and, and shooting at paper. They are based on self-defense, the right to protect oneself and means to do it with. And then you've got another guy that says, is this it? Is that all you got? No announcement <laughs> on nationwide advertising campaign to drain the swamp. No announcement. You'll be spending some of your money in membership fees to, to get political. Uh, you lot are no better than the piss weak nationals you sleep with. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, yeah. this seat. I mean, people like these are pretty harsh comments, and these all these comments have got ten plus likes. You mm. know, what I mean, yeah, so, how many of these people one are members, and how many of them actually made yeah. a difference of getting involved in their branch, yeah. going to a range, yeah. talking to people? Probably none, to be honest. Well, look, and although, that's we, right. That's obviously right. we don't know but, that. Look, but we I mean, don't know that. But the, the, what I want to stress is this is these are not my opinions personally. I'm just reading the stuff out that other people are saying about the double S double A. Now, I mean, are they right? Are they wrong? To be honest, look, if you look at the last 20 years, okay, what have the double S double A done to, I guess, claw back some of our uh, gun rights? Uh, they haven't done very much, in my opinion, I think. Uh, some, some of the comments are warranted. Other comments, may, other people may feel a little bit too harsh. But I think, like I said before in the show, Jason, the structure of the double S double A is, to me, it's just all wrong. It's, 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 it needs to change from the top down. And I certainly hope that uh, Jeff Jones will hopefully one day be able to change the structure from top down because he is the national president. Let's face it, he, he, him and the other, others who are part of the uh, national committee should be able to look at this and say, right, how can we change the organisation to benefit the members better? Uh, because what's happening right now, okay, you've got your little fiefdoms, okay, your little kingdoms, you know, all these little double S double A branches everywhere that have got their own little piece of the pie. I mean, how do you, how do you unite these branches together to, for a common cause? I mean, that's the bigger question. The further complicating the issue is the local branch doesn't get much of your membership fees. There was a couple of comments there complaining about money from membership fees mm. should be spent on advertising things. Um, the local branch gets very little of your membership money. 
and they have to spend that on upkeep and maintenance of the ranges, which is a lot, rent, administration, phone, run, you know, running the whole business. The people don't get paid anything. They're all volunteers, and they're setting aside their Sunday, their Fridays, days during the week to run the range and keep it going, and they still have double SAA members turn up to the range and bitch that they have to pay to use the range. Oh, I pay my membership fees. It should be free. No. Guys, this whole thing <laughs> is done on a shoestring budget, and the people at the range do not have the time to be putting together a press release or, or regular media updates. That is the prerogative of your state and national bodies. The only way to change mm. that is to write to them and demand that they do that. How much success you're going to have at that, I do not know. And volunteer at your local range, get involved with your committee to help them to take some of the pressure off them so they can then do some of that marketing and advertising and get on the committee, nominate yourself for the state board and help bring a sea change through that's going to help change the whole direction. But if you just sit back and do nothing but whine on Facebook, nothing's going to change. Ask yourself this, how many members does the SSAA have Australia-wide? 200,000? Yeah, about uh, 180,000. It was 160-something uh, last time okay. I saw, 160. L- let's say it's close to 180,000, mm. okay? How many of them are on Facebook? Maybe yeah. 20,000. And of those people on Facebook... Probably, probably less than that. <laughs> how many are bitching about lack of progress? Maybe 50 at the most, okay? So if you're in charge well, of a not, multinational... Not, not my judging by these comments. Yeah, there's, there's maybe 50... <laughs> okay, maybe 100 people, but the sample yeah. size is not big. So what I'm saying is, if you were Jeff Jones at the top of the tree and you're running a big corporation with yeah. hundreds of employees and thousands of members yeah. and 50 of them are bitching and... 185,950 are not bitching. Eh, guys, the, the majority of the SSAA members aren't unhappy with what's going on. Yeah, but some of them are also apathetic too. Let's, I mean, they're yeah, not, that's, that's, that's exactly right. But that's, you know, that's my point. 90% of them join for a genuine reason, really. Correct. Yeah. That, and so look, if you've got a problem, it's on your prerogative to get involved, volunteer, make the change, be the change you want to see in the double SSAA. And that's not any club too. That's probably most clubs too. If they're joining, they just want to get out, maybe go hunting, shoot there a couple of times a year. That's it. They don't want to get involved in you know, the politics. They just want to go hunting it's and shoot. the same issue with a soccer club, the ladies' knitting circle, the bridge club. Any social mm. organisation has exactly the same issues. But also, in that, in that context, I think, to be honest, what the double SAA are ignoring is the old the squeaky wheel gets the grease mentality. Okay, people who are happy with what they what they've got usually aren't going to complain. It's those who are not happy that are going to complain. Okay, so um, for example, um, you got people that are not happy with the gun laws or the double SAA efforts and in, in changing things. Well, they're the ones that are going to be heard. And I know you're saying, oh, it's only a couple of people that are complaining. Well. Okay, this is probably where the double SAA are lacking. They're not really looking after a lot of these guys who, I mean, let's face it, most people who are conservative and libertarians, you're only going to get, you know, out of the ones who are disgruntled, you're only probably going to get 1% or 2% that are actually going to complain because that's just our nature. So you're saying and the we, complaints are representative of a greater minority I who aren't saying so. anything? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. absolutely. Yeah. They are a representative point. of a greater minority who are really not, not talking about it because they just couldn't be bothered because they probably have a little bit, not much faith in the system being able to change, right? And that, that's, you know, endemic, I guess, in, in most conservatives and libertarians' minds. It's, it's, it's the kind of uh, default position, if you will, and it's the reason why a lot of us don't go out and street rallies and protest and break shit up like all the lefties do. 
uh, you know, what it, what's happening last yeah, night? Is, exactly. Was it UC, UC Berkeley? Yeah. They're, they're smashing up their own university. I mean, I know. setting fires, smashing windows. I know. Actually, it's it's just good... not. It's just not in us, right? Okay. So I think what the problem is is double SAA. Even if they get a hundred complaints, I reckon they should really listen to those complaints because that is probably a tiny percentage of the actual people that are actually disgruntled out there. Yeah, all right. Good stuff, guys. All right, we've got one. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it'll take way too long, but you can see a picture there. Her name's Jade, showing the guys here. Jade, oh, yeah. won't yeah. say her last name, but I think that's just her middle name. But she hunted a bear in uh, Canada, I think. and she's Sensational. I'll, wow. Yeah, I'll read a first bit of it. Hi, Matt, Muzz and Jason. I'm a female shooter and I've listened to your podcast for the past year or two. Thank you for providing great content, awesome stories, and standing up for all shooters. Often in my professional work, uh, place, some people criticize shooters and try to perpetuate this myth of a bloodthirsty moralist monsters. These emotional comments are so contradictory to the actual logical fact-based uh, industry I work in. Then she goes on to say uh, she grew up in Port Moresby around guns. Can't remember the first time I went to the range with my dad. Uh, she goes to the range. She loves hunting. She loves shooters. She says, shooters need a place to connect and be proud of what they do, whether that's showing off their new kit, a great grouping, or a massive tonner. Thanks again, Jade. P.S. Here's a photo attached of my bear I recently got in Canada. So that's good. We've got... Uh, wow. Good female shooters and uh, thank you, Jade. I, thank you, Jade. That's sensational. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Thank you very much for your listenership. We hope you continue to listen from Canada. Excellent. Well, Muzz, she's actually based in Brisbane. She's not in Canada. She oh, shot right. the bear in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> that's Muzz again. He's always uh, making mistakes. That's all right. That's why we no like worries, him. Jade. Here. Well, you're in, you're from you're a Brizzy girl. Good on you, Dal. All right, guys. We got our first one here. Uh, this one is it's an interesting bit of news uh, from One Nation. Media release. Now, this was January 23rd, 2017. The main interesting part about this media release is Pauline Hanson's One Nation is also currently reviewing its policy on gun laws. We no longer feel that saying the gun laws are adequate is accurate. A new policy will be released after stakeholders' consultation has been completed. What's your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, One Nation, we know, as Justin was saying before we got on the air about the WA election, what, just about just over a month away. Uh, how is One Nation going to affect... Uh, elections coming up for what we got uh, WA. We've then I think got uh, Queensland, and then we've got Victoria, and then I think uh, New South Wales in 2019. How is One Nation going to affect uh, votes? And also, what do you think of that media release about? Do you reckon it'll be good for gun owners? Their new uh, consultation of stakeholders in regards to the gun laws. I think One Nation has set the cat amongst the pigeons and is rising on the Trump effect and they're soaking up Queensland LNP members on a regular basis like a sponge. So the the effect they're having is undeniable. Um, The original 1988 gun policies of One Nation was quite good. Um, They were advocating no registration of long arms. They were advocating uh, no categories. They were advocating self-defence as a legitimate reason. And they relaunched the party and changed that. They said that we just want to keep it the same, which I think was smart politics because it kept the media off their back on that issue when they were really campaigning on the immigration issues that they campaigned on and the, the selling off of Australia to foreign interests. Come two years down the track, they've established themselves as an undeniable force in Australian politics. For good or evil, we have, or ineffect, effective or ineffective, we're yet to see. But now's the time they're putting their hand up and saying, okay, we're open to change. What have you got? I've put in a submission, uh, basically sending them their original uh, policy. There's a copy on my blog that you can have a look at. Mm. And basically saying there's nothing wrong with these original uh, policies that you had. And uh, we should run with that. 
I personally don't agree with some of the things that One Nation stands for. I personally don't agree with some of the things their um, candidates have said. Uh, but I can't deny that they. I think they will do increasingly well in Australian politics as more and more people become disaffected with the left and the effect of leftist policies in Australia. There's a lot of people in Tasmania who are hurting with what the Greens have done to the timber industry and, and various industries, and that uh, cancer, if you like, has spread to Victoria. Timber mills are under threat, uh, jobs are under threat. Uh, the fishing is being decimated in, in Australia, and more and more people are feeling the brunt of green policies and are lashing out, and the way they're lashing out is they're listening to what One Nation have to say. Will it affect WA, though, votes, do you think? Because um, obviously Shooters Party, you're over there, Shooters and Fishers and Farmers, Rick Mazza, you know, been doing okay, so what do you think? What do you guys think? Well, I certainly, I certainly, Jason, hope it does. I mean, absolutely, I want One Nation to do well. Um, you know, the two majors, they need a mate. I guess need a major kick up the bum, and uh, I think One Nation at the moment is the party poised, best poised to be able to do that. So I certainly hope they do really well in all the coming uh, state elections, especially. Um, and the one I'm really interested in, Jason, is Queensland. Queensland is the big one now. Where that's where a lot of the defection is happening, and uh, it could very well come down to a power sharing agreement, probably between the LNP. And one nation, and that, that's going to prove very, very interesting, actually, because it it may. And if if one nation do really well in Queensland, this is my opinion. If they really do well in Queensland, and they take off from there, that's going to change Australian politics forever. That's my belief. Okay, so and it comes down to the results, though. Uh, Pauline Hanson has, to, in my opinion, has to really look at Queensland very carefully and she's got to produce some really good results out of that election and for the people of Queensland. Because if she does, that will really set the ball rolling to uh, be actually one of the, 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 if not the major party in Australia. Jason, if you're worried about vote splitting in Western Australia, uh, you know, are people who would vote for SFP vote for One Nation? I don't see that as being a problem. I think the people who are going to vote for SFP in WA are still going to vote for SFP. And the issue is that the Liberal voters and the Labor voters will um, hemorrhage over to One Nation um, and hopefully SFB as well. I would love to see three or four of each in WA Parliament this time in whenever they're, you know, this yeah. time in five weeks' time. That would be fantastic. It's going to be interesting because last time he didn't win by that big of a vote. Mm. I think it was thir- maybe thir- 60 votes, I mm. think, if I'm correct. Don't quote me on that. But I wonder if that's mm. going to, you know, is it, has they built a higher. You know, constituency in WA for SFP. So that's going to be very interesting. So all we can do is wait until. So if anybody, election. if anybody's listening to this and you are in Western Australia, get yourself down to your local gun shop, talk to the guy behind the counter about reclassification, and tell him, ask him how much profit he's going to lose because if they take five shot levers into category D, it won't be far behind when they're taking everything over five into category D. The anti-gun people have said that that is their stated aim, to progressively chip away until there's no guns in civilian hands. So that guy's livelihood, how much profit is he going to lose? He must go and see his local member, tell him to cross the floor if necessary, and support pro-gun, whether it's SFFP or One Nation, whoever it is, get their support behind it. Because business, donating money, donating support, that's where politics is made.
Looking for a big weekend? Australia's biggest sports shooting and outdoor event, the SSAA Shot Expo, is now even bigger. With hunting gear and outdoor equipment from the world's biggest names, plus demonstrations, talks and entertainment for the whole family. Over 150 displays, one location, the SSAA Shot Expo. Melbourne Showgrounds, May 20th and 21st. Book online or pay on the day. Visit shotexpo.com.au for sponsors and the full program. Would you like to advertise on one of the most tech-savvy mediums on the internet? Then why don't you advertise with us on the Australian Hunting Podcast? If you have a product or business that you would like to promote, then we would love to hear from you. Become one of our partner advertisers by calling Jason on 0425 881 967 or email australianhuntingpodcast at gmail.com. Looking for outdoor equipment for your next adventure? At Aussie Outdoor Gear, you can find cooking equipment, camo clothing for kids, backpacks, camo accessories and much more. We cater for your hunting, fishing, camping, hiking and other outdoor pursuits with our unique product range. AussieOutdoorGear.com.au Quality gear at affordable prices. Speaking of seeing your local member, Justin, I went to see my local member and uh, spoke on a couple of issues, including the Adley issue, and uh, also spoke on a whole heap of stuff as well, which, I mean, the ever-increasing nanny state. I mean, I just can't. She was like, why did I agree to this interview <laughs> nah, <laughs> or this meeting? <laughs> no, nah, that was the federal member, Jason. I went to the local state member this time, right? So I, went, I, went, I spoke to the local fed, uh, the federal member and the state member. The federal federal member is just a, um, a left-wing Labor ideologue. I mean, there's no point even talking to her. But anyway, so... Uh, uh, the local member, he was pretty good. He was listening to everything, everything I had to say, and I was making some really good points, and he understood everything I've, I've said to him. And I spoke to him about things like appearance laws. I spoke to him about things like airsoft, uh, the Adler ban, how completely illogical and irrational it is. And, and he seems to really get it. So uh, even though he's not a gunner or a shooter, um, he seems to understand. So that was good because what I intend to do, I intend to go back. I intend to go back every couple of months. And I guess build a relationship with my local member, and I'm hoping to take some people with me as well, who are you know also local local friends who you know part of the constituency. Take some donuts um, for the office staff as well. (laughs) Take some donuts for the office staff. Yeah, that's a good idea. Bring some Macca's coffees and things like that. So um, no, um, don't bring that crap. (laughs) Go go to the the cafe down the road. Support a local business. Hey, hey, you're speaking bad about about McDonald's, mate. No, I'm saying support a local business. (laughs) So anyway, it's a. Um, I'm hoping to do that and develop a, a relationship with my local member so that we can talk about these issues on a regular basis so that hopefully when these things come up in Parliament, um, these conversations will stick in his mind and um, he will be a little bit more, I guess, um, aware of, uh, of, of the background of the issue. So, And this is important because it's so, so important, guys. I know we are conservatives and libertarians. We don't want to go out in the street and protest. We don't want to, you know, damage people's businesses and buildings and cause a ruckus and write signs and all this stuff and whatever these left-wing nutters do. But you know what we can do? When you've got a day off work or organise a time, make an appointment to go see your local member and voice these concerns, then this is a really effective way of getting the message across without having to go and march in the streets. It's simple mm. as that. We're, and we're happy to go with you or, or help you out anything you need. If you've got any questions or you need some moral support, there's shooters in every capital city who help be happy to 
you know, make a time, go with you. Two or three people in the room is much more difficult for somebody to mm. to ignore than just one person. So if you need help, ask for it. Ask on Facebook. We're happy to help in any way. Yep. Um, I forgot to read another one. Now, I actually cut off the name, so I don't know who this is actually, but uh, pretty sadly. It said <laughs> Mario, cool. and, I know, just Mario and Jace. Just, you know, I did a screenshot and I sort of must have cut off the name. Mario and Jace just heard your calls into two UEs. This must have been a, a fair oh, while, yeah, ago. while ago. Great job. Good info. Really, You guys are really on the forefront in the fight on guns in AU, I guess in Australia. It'll be guys like you that end up getting things changed for the better. I don't know if you just asked. I mean, it's just, you know, it's only one show and a Thanks podcast, very much, mate. Whoever you are, if you're listening to the show, thank you very much. Yep. Jason's cocked it up. Sorry, Sorry. I've cocked it up badly, <laughs> but, uh, you, know, this is, you know, this is a semi-professional outfit. It's not a fully professional outfit, but, um, yeah. Next one is up a bit of news before we get into a bit of the, the heavy-hitting stuff. We've got uh, – this is from the New South Wales Justice Department. This was uh, – someone put this on – Facebook, 11th of January, 2017. Now, this is regards to the Adler, what they're going to do. They're going to buy back these seven shots. A lot of people have converted them. Uh, people have permanently converted them uh, to higher than seven shots, upwards of seven shots even. And it says, this is from uh, the Minister for Coordination, Parliamentary Service. I don't know the signature. But anyway, it says, to minimise the impact on existing licence holders, the New South Wales government intends to introduce a grandfather provision that would allow current license holders with lever-action shotguns to keep their firearms under a Category B. All current Category A license holders will le- uh, lever shotguns who do not have a Category B license will be issued a Category license at no, no initial cost. Current license holders with a lever-action shotgun of over five rounds will be able to keep their firearm under the Category B license. So I would my, my only advice there would be to was get out there straight away, purchase one, make it higher than a five shot. Yeah, but what, and, uh, what are they you know, going to do? How are they going to police this? I mean, it's just absolute nonsense. How, how are you going to know when the modification was made? They're going to police this by spending yeah. more of our tax money, employing more people who can't get a job in the real world to oh. be paper shuffling bureaucrats and make life a misery for everybody. This it's is unbelievable. A, it's a tactic to divide us oh. into haves and have-nots so that they, all they're trying to do here is buy off the people who've done the modifications to say, oh, I'm safe, I'm not going to lift a finger anymore. Yeah. You are not safe. <laughs> not- they are coming for your guns relentlessly, and yeah. they're tricking you into thinking you don't need to take any action. What you need to do is take even more action than you mm. did before. Get off your bum, please. Write, visit your member, make sure they're going to cross the floor to oppose reclassification. Get your gun shops involved because they're going to lose profits in the long run. Everybody has to pull in on this and don't believe the lies that the government is telling you. Yep. All right, guys, next one is we're going to play a bit of a soundbite. Now, this one was quite disappointing. A lot of people have been waiting for this. I've got so many emails about it. Uh, obviously, the Orange by-election, which we were happy to see uh, Phil Donato get uh, yep. up in Orange. There was a massive swing against the Nationals, which is always fantastic. Uh, but unfortunately, Mr. Donato has made a huge gaffe, not even day one. Just got uh, elected uh, to his position in the lower house uh, for the for Orange, and uh, I'm just very very disappointed in uh, New South Wales representation for shooters on a constant basis. Now I want to make absolutely and abundantly clear uh, when I talk about the Shooters, Fishers, and Farmers Party, I'm only referring to New South Wales, not referring to the hard work of Rick Mazza or Daniel in Western Australia and Daniel Young and Jeff Borman. They seem to be doing a pretty good job. Uh, so I'm going to play something just for you now. This was when a journalist was asking some basic questions about you know, him getting elected, being a bit of a protest vote, even though the swing was at about 35%, if I'm far away or somewhere close to that. Mm. Uh, she asked him a basic question uh, about gun ownership and gun laws. 
and uh, you can listen for yourself for what Phil Donato had to say. And, I mean, in terms of, you know, gun control, gun policy, I mean, you've got a lot of experience in this yeah. area. I mean, what's your take on, you know, on that area and, and yeah, what yeah. you be supporting? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, um, I don't think too much needs to change. Uh, you know, I don't want to see people with AR-15s. It's ridiculous. Um, but in saying that, also, law-abiding firearms owners need to be properly represented. Over 97% of uh, firearm-related crime is used by illegal people or with illegal firearms. So the law-abiding people need to have a, a person who understands their position and represents their position. But look, first and foremost, my priorities will be towards the electorate and, and helping the people as best I can in this electorate. All right, guys, we just heard from Phil Donato there. Um, you know, again, very disappointing in New South Wales, I find. Uh, and if you listen to our shows, you can probably go back to episode, I think it was 104. But if you haven't listened to some of the stuff that's come out of New South Wales, we heard this before, uh, Robert Borzak saying similar things about uh, firearms on the Andrew Bolt program, that, you know, we don't need these types of firearms in Australia. Robert Brown. Well, Robert Brown. We saw the train wreck of the SBS Insight program when he basically agreed with the semi-automatic ban. That's another one. Uh, now the third, well, I think this is the fourth time, and then Borzak about uh, the Lint Cafe siege about, you know, I don't want a pump action and I don't need one. So now we've got Donato, which I think is about the fourth time now, uh, saying these things. I mean, one, how would you have answered that? Number two, let's read some of the comments from people that well, were really angry well, on well, Facebook. Well, he, he really wasn't asked a question that required that sort of response. I mean, he just offered up a whole bunch of information without actually being asked for it. Mm. You know, he just uh, assumed... That the journal. But why would you say that in, in day one? Nah. This seems to be, and again, I make it clear, it doesn't seem oh, to be any, very, anyone very, else but very, New South Wales. Look, it's very disappointing. It's very disappointing. You know, a lot of people who are pro gun, who uh, support Shooters, Fishers, and Farmers Party in, in Orange, would have been voting on gun issues. You know what I mean? Not, yeah, everyone. Not, had, not everyone, but Yeah, but a they lot, also had know? the Greyhound. They also had yeah, uh, council amalgamations as well. Yeah, a lot of people are debating whether you know, there was a massive shooting vote in that, whether it was just council amalgamations, Look, etc. I, 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 think, I think the majority of the vote would have been around Greyhounds and council amalgamations. That's my opinion. Uh, but I think a good 20 30% of the vote, of their vote, that they got would have been around gun issues as well. Yeah, but they were founded in 1996 by John Tingle who done a great job in being able to get public land hunting. It was founded on 96 gun laws. That's what they, they're pretty much, when that was happening, that's when the Shooters, or Shooters Party at the time was founded. Uh, now, we're just not hearing this from any other state. I mean, why do these guys keep doing this? Why? What, can, can you not answer a question? As far as I'm aware, he's a former police officer, a police prosecutor, yeah. as far as I'm aware. Well, and you know, you he think said, you'd well, be answered these questions. I mean, the, a simple response would have been the laws are good in New Zealand. Uh, yeah, real-world examples prove that these firearms are not a problem. What we'd like to see in Australia is uh, you know, similar to New Zealand, you know, which protects the interests of the, mm. of, of the public, but also respects the interests of law-abiding firearms to go about their business without, being, without undue hindrance from government. A simple question. He says he talks about AR-15s. Now, just before it... Well, he, he, said, he said, oh, don't be ridiculous. We don't need that. No one needs an AR-15 or something to that effect. And, and what was the first thing about? What did he say? The first think, thing was about nothing, nothing really needs to change. I mean, seriously, nothing really needs to change. A lot needs to change in regards to these laws. I just, I'm just constantly being disappointed, honestly, by shooters, fishers and farmers. Always in the media, they've just always got foot and mouth disease. In my opinion, they've just, they'd never get a uniform message across. 
Uh, it's just... Are they not it, equipped? Do they not have the media training? I'm starting to think... Well, I'm not starting to think, because people often say to me, oh, did you get clarification? I mean, how many times? This is the fourth time now they've actually said this. It's the fourth time. It's not a matter of clarification. It's a matter of this is their position. Mm. They have no interest in fighting for my gun rights. I, hey, I know tomorrow if they could get rid of the NFA, they would. I know they would. I know they would do that. But they're telling me and constituents one thing on Facebook and doing another. Well, I want an AR-15. I want to be able to customise it so I can do target shooting one day and three gun the next. And it's a very versatile platform. And yeah, but it's I not even about AR-15s. A, let, let, let me make a point because the, the, he, the, he specifically mentioned AR-15s and I, I want one. You guys all want one. And there are a lot of Australian hunters who do want one and if categories were abolished and we were able to buy one would be down at the gun shop in a second waving a fistful of money saying shut up and take my money i want one and the issue is phil donato has slapped those people in the face by turning us into a joke and saying it's ridiculous when we would spend over a million dollars a year i'm just about to compile the results of my survey that i've done and the 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 money's over a million dollars a year would be spent by shooters on stuff that's currently C and D if those categories were abolished. So what he's basically saying is the Australian economy, Australian businesses, Australian gun shops don't need an extra million dollars a year in revenue because... I think my ideology but is But you right. probably remember, probably it would have been a year and a half ago, Bankstown Gun Shop. Remember, we, we reported on that. There was a uh, video where they were interviewed in the gun shop and said people were happy with the current system. I was like, no. No, they're not happy with the current system. I mean, mm. and they would be the first ones, or any gun shop, saying, oh, no, we don't really need them. They were the first ones that they became legal. We were the first ones selling them. Correct. You just didn't need to offer up this much information. I mean, let's look at some of the comments. Here we go. So AR-15, when I refer to AR-15, to me he's referring to semi-autos. AR-15, it's a semi-automatic. It's not. And, and where are these comments from, Jess? Uh, this one is just off Facebook, these yeah, ones. So AR-15s are ridiculous. Wow, what the hell? Any of you ladies and gentlemen ever find your way to the States and so happen to come to Maine, just let me know. We can shoot some ridiculous AR-15s and blow some things up with Tannerite. I know Baby Steps works better, but that's not the attitude you want representing law-abiding firearms owners. This one is from Jack. He goes, not good enough. Three times the SFFP Greens Party have said we don't need our stolen guns back. Uh, here's another one from Dusty. Why not say we'll be seeking evidence-based outcomes going forward instead of pissing off some of the shooters straight off the bat? As much as shooters must temper their expectations in the short term, so the onus is also on shooters' reps to signal that they are seeking equitable outcomes for all shooters as a long game. I would rather the SFF be there than not, but very disappointing approach. Tom's very, very critical. SFP will never push for change. They don't believe in gun rights full stop. They are a joke. They need to show show they will do what we want them to do before we support them, not the other way around. From Dave, uh, and he says, word is he thinks gun laws don't need changing. This one's from Colin. It says some disappointment about his comments about AR-15s. Okay, here's another one from uh, FEMA, from Leanne. I'm afraid they have learnt too quickly how to play the game. I have voted for them in the past, but that's finished. They are no better than the two-party preferred doing deals against what they allegedly stand for. Okay, another one again from Dusty follows up. Nah, what you said is factual, but he didn't need to be throwing people under the bus in that manner. If Phil, who I respect as a candidate and appreciate what, he, what he's achieved, truly believes that people wanting to achieve an equitable outcome regarding gun laws can get F. He will lose all the support and vote at the next election, but he will lose a portion of that vote. So it depends on what they're being voted in on. I don't know, guys. I'm just pretty disappointed. Another one from Tom again. I got excited with SFP1, but I'm now not surprised they did this again. Capital letters. 
uh, from Jay, you know what? I don't need an AR-15 or have any use for one. But if this is the attitude, I effing want one because I'm responsible law-abiding firearm owner who goes about and beyond to represent my sport uh, and to be overly upstanding in doing so in what they say. Interesting. Uh, Tom, here's another one. Nah, F him and the horse he rode in on. What is this ridiculous? Why is it ridiculous for law-abiding firearms owners to an AR-15? It's another one from a different, that's a different Tom. Any final thoughts on that? Very disappointing. Um, to be voted in like that, and then some of the first things that you say is, oh, well, don't be ridiculous. No, yeah, but you know, th- th- this is the fourth time now. Is, th- is this uh, their position? I mean, I-, I find this is their position. They've got no interest in fighting. They say it's the long game, and I wanted to bring up something which I thought I've seen on Facebook going around. Remember Adrian Pickley, the bang, bang, bang? Yeah. You know, they want AR-15s. A lot of you guys remember the article we, mm-hmm. uh, we rewrote yeah, on our la- uh, previous straight shooting podcast. You know, they're pointing at Labor and Phil saying Phil Donato should be sitting with Labor. Now, people say, well, you know, this was in regards to the Adrian Pickley news article that one AR-15s, but the point of changing the name to Shooters, Fishers and Farmers, as you guys I'm sure would agree, mm. was to change, uh, sorry, to get the national vote from mm-hmm. farmers, right? Yeah. As soon as they copped a little bit of flack about guns, they just, they, they lost their backbone, they went <laughs> yep. to jelly, yep. and, and basically to me, well, just like the nationals. Mm. Am I wrong? Am I wrong here? Like, I mean, no one asked him to mention AR-15s, that's exactly what we wanted to do. We, we didn't want him to mention have AR-15s, there's plenty of things he could have said was, hey, listen, guys, we, we'd rather a New Zealand approach. They seem to have the balance between public safety uh, and respecting the rights of law-abiding firearms owners to go about their business without undue hindrance and red tape from government. That would have been a great, great answer. Yeah, absolutely. What's wrong with that? No, absolutely, Jason. But you know what? But the thing is, he should have been prepared. and <laughs> He probably was, actually, with all the wrong lines. He should have been prepared uh, to accept questions like that. And he should have been able to uh, rebut them very quickly, mm. you know, like with, with simple... Yeah, that's yeah. politics 101. Exactly. You, you, you give like, the answer to the question you wish you were asked instead of the qu- mm. actual question they asked. That's politics 101. And to, to have a simple one-liner that just says, my position is it should be based on evidence... And leave it at that. Exactly. The, 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 the journalist isn't going to ask a follow-up question, you know, putting him on the spot. She's just asked after a, a comment that they can play. And it's possible to be non-committal without throwing half of your voters under the bus. Well, here we go. Exactly. One more from Paul. SFP have just been elected. Opening speeches, no semis. Great victory. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's another one for you. Look, Jason, just coming uh, to what you were saying about, uh, you know, it's just like the Nationals, uh, well... Look, I'm starting to lose a lot of faith, to be honest. Uh, I, you know, they've had a name change, which I was fairly critical of, I admit. I, I thought it was a ridiculous idea, but I think it's worked in their favour, the Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party. So I'm happy to you know, put my hand up for that, that I probably was wrong. I think it worked for, worked for them, and it's great. But the problem is, is there's less shooting and more of everything they do, in my opinion, from what I see. There's uh, not much uh, gun rights or, or anything to do with shooting, really. Um, it's all about council amalgamations, greyhounds, and uh, a whole bunch of other issues that have got nothing to do with shooting. Now, I mean, I do wish I'd rather have them there than not, but this, my opinion, uh, I think it's more like the hunters, fishers, and farmers party. I don't think there's any shooting whatsoever. Uh, certainly not much from gun rights in that respect. I haven't seen really anything significant from them in Parliament in the last five or six years when it comes to gun rights. Sure, they've been fighting for opportunities in hunting and, or, and so forth. But I personally have not seen anything significant that would convince me that um, they're for shooters. They're, they're for you know, uh, people who love gun ownership. Um, you know, it, I, 
And every single time it happens in the media like this, a big foot and mouth situation. So it doesn't seem to be happening amongst the other states. It just seems to be happening. This is the fourth time. I well, mean, mainly you know, New South Wales. Mainly New South Wales. You know, I, I don't know. I, don't I just know. think they need some fresh blood. I think they need to get rid of that crew and bring in a fresh blood of people that are interested, that actually know about gun rights, know how to talk to the media, uh, know what to say, and not uh, fall to any other of these anti-gunners. Because, I mean, we just what are they going to do if in a year's time they say to us, oh, listen, well, you said a year ago, well, you don't need AR-15s, or you don't need semi-autos, well, what gives? Just going to make us look extremely bad. Yeah. You know? no, and again, I people say to you, again, I've heard people say clarification again. I just can't believe it. What, what more clarification do you need? This is the fit, like the fourth, the fourth time now. I don't get it. Um, if circumstances were different, I'd put my hand up, but uh, I'm flat out at the moment. There you go, guys. <laughs> there you go, Justin. There you, uh, go. you have a scoop there. Scoop there, Justin for the Shooters and Fishers Party 2019. If you're interested, maybe they can uh, <laughs> he can get on there. Well, hey, if you're going to do that, I'd vote for you. You know, <laughs> you might actually have some, you know, insight into, and you seem to be knowledgeable on, on gun laws. So that's what we need, people that know how to talk in the media. Yeah, it's, hey, listen, it's hard. I don't, I don't deny that it's hard, but you weren't even, people say, oh, we can't, you know, we don't play the long game. We can't talk about semi-autos. But, mate, no one would ask you that question. That's the thing. Nobody asked it. Can I, can I just you add know? something, Jason, to this mm. topic? And I just want to throw the cat amongst the pigeons here. Okay, Ooh, here we go. Right. Okay. What happens if one nation have a really good gun policy? Is there any reason? To vote for Shooters and Fishers Party? Really? <sighs> Good question. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, I guess what, in, in all states you're referring to? Or? Well, let's just say, for example, and this is what I mean, politics is fluid. But I guess right? it's okay. different. They've both, both got both different policies. Some people may not agree with the immigration policy. Some people do agree with that. Yeah, true. Um, true. You know, I somewhat like Labor and Liberal. I've got some policies I agree with there, some I don't agree with. That's, you know, yeah. obviously with the gun thing, Liberal can't vote for them straight away. Um, you know, and certain things with Labor I'm not happy with, which would basically put me out. I mean, you know, the rise of one nation. I mean, we've got to talk about this, right? This is really important because let's just say they get five or six representatives in each state. I mean, they'll outnumber LDP, SFP and the whole lot. And if they have a really good gun policy, I mean, that's not great news for SFP and LDP uh, because obviously you would want to vote people that have the most uh, opportunity to create change. So um, this is going to be really interesting, actually. Hang on, but we, we saw that at the federal elections, too. We saw, you know, depending on which state you were from, and it's a federal election, obviously, but we saw we had a lot of, a lot of uh, SFP voters in New South Wales voted SFP, even though the LDP already had a senator. We already saw, you know, WA had Rick Mazza. We saw a few votes go to the LDP, about 6,000, if I'm correct, somewhere around there. So, you know, it depends if people uh, believe in vote splitting. I mean, you know, I I don't really care for either one. I don't care SFP, One Nation, LDP. To me, it's whoever's going to get the most done. I'm interested in gun rights as a a general thing. Yeah, I've, I've... like what's coming out of the LDP. Uh, One Nation's doing some okay things. They're stuffing up. and I don't want to see One Nation turn into a Clive Palmer mm. because they seem to be getting we, – we won't know until the election coming up in a month to see how well they go in WA. But I just don't want them to see – turn them into the, you know, the Palmer party. Mm. Yeah, because if they do, it's not going to be good for them. Yeah, personally, I voted for SFP consistently. Uh, I've campaigned for SFP consistently and I probably will do in the future – uh, I'm happy to say I'm disappointed with Phil's comments, and I hope that it was made in the context of g- getting the media off the ba- off his back, or maybe he was flustered. Uh, we can, ex- you know, there's an, any number. I mean, of how excuses many times do we be, need to accept that excuse? Point. How many times? That's that, that presents a conundrum to SFFP in New South Wales. The rise of One Nation is likely to take a portion of their votes at the next election, and 
in order to keep their jobs and keep the party going in New South Wales, I would like to see, and I'm sure you two would like to see, some more consistent calls for evidence-based, New Zealand-style, Norway-style gun laws brought into New South Wales. At least some positive traction rather than constantly throwing us under the bus. Yeah. That's, that's like, a fair like, call. Like people think we, we want to do this, you know, like it's fun, you know, like it's fun. <laughs> I, I would love if they had a consistent message. I would love that. I'll be reporting great things and there's times where we have reported great things. Robert Borzak was great on the... Uh, yeah, Greyhound Ben. I'm just waiting to see what's the gun policy going to be from One Nation. Uh, that's right. what I'm really waiting to see. Yeah, but listen, because, this, because if this, it's a good gun policy, mate, I'm going to be voting. I'm going to be voting One Nation because okay. I'll tell you right now, and this is not because of you know their immigration policy or anything like that. This is purely because of Pauline Hanson herself. Okay, she's got more charisma, more pull with the media, more influence on uh, federal politics as well as uh, local politics. Then let's face it. Uh, than the guys from SF, uh, Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party. Yeah, but we need a consistent message. I say there's three types of people here There's mm. the, the, that are pro-gun, right? There's three types of parties or people or organisations. Ones that will say you know, to their constituents one thing and do another or actively campaign against gun rights. This is what I think has happened in this case. There's people that will say things in the media... Uh, that, yeah, we're doing all this stuff, but they've really got no intention of achieving it just to keep the constituents happy. That's somewhere in the middle. And there's people that actually campaign. They say what they say from day one, and they actually achieve those results. So to me, these sort of comments are right at the bottom, actively campaigning against the, the greater cause. No matter if it's them or it's anyone else, I'd be saying the exact same thing. We just can't keep doing that. I mean, that's the worst of the worst. At least if someone's saying these things in the media and structuring it in a certain way, mm. but not, no real intention to actually achieve it, I'd rather that than actually actively going out to the media and saying something completely different which doesn't help. I mean, I'm sorry. I think they need some fresh blood. I think they've got to go and get some new people in there that actually have interest in gun rights, some young people, new blood that are going to actually achieve some results or at least try to achieve some results. Uh, okay, this is an interesting one. You guys I want to get your opinion on this. This was from the Queensland Police Service. Somebody went for a gun licence. Uh, they got a message, dear Mr. Blah, blah, blah. It's cut out. Concerns have been raised as to you being a fit and proper person to continue to hold a firearms licence, particularly in regard to the public interest. I'll refer to your extensive traffic history, wherein you've been placed on several good driving behaviour options and or demerit point suspensions. The authority officer has taken all these matters into consideration and appears you have disregarded for the laws in this state by your continuing to commit offences. You are advised that the traffic offences can be considered in uh, can be can be taken into consideration in deciding whether you are a fit and proper person to hold a firearms license or be issued with a permit. In order for us to make a determination on your current suitability to continue to be a holder of a firearms license, requested you make a written submission detailing why you should continue to hold your firearms license. So, sorry, he must already have a firearms mm-hmm. license, but obviously he's a serial. Uh, I guess what would you say? Serial offender. Serial offender mm-hmm. of traffic laws. In Queensland. So that's very interesting, considering it's not an excludable offence in Queensland uh, in regards to traffic fines or traffic offences. Can this guy be trusted to have a licence? Do you think this is important? Do you think it's not really an issue? Or do you think they've got a point if you're continually breaking the law? I'm going to say this. I personally don't think it's a bad idea um, because cars kill far more people than guns do. And if you're getting behind the wheel of a deadly weapon with no regard for the other people on the road or the road rules. Um, it is a balance. It is a grey area we have to toss up. But having a firearms licence, having a firearm, requires the person to be the better person and dot your I's, cross your T's, be obsessed with safety, all that sort of thing. For most of us, it's part of who we are and it's just how we were raised. 
for some people, and particularly for the bureaucrats in who who are going to get you know they're going to face questions. Why did you give an advice, a license to this person if you knew they you know routinely disregard the laws? Uh, I think the onus is on them under the current regime that we've got to put a magnifying glass on that person. They haven't just denied it. They haven't been you know, draconian or authoritarian. They've said, look, we've raised concerns about your history. You're invited to put in a submission to see, you know, to argue your case. So what should he say? Listen, basically, I'll be a good boy from now on and I'll try and adhere to the law. <laughs> it would probably be something along those lines, wouldn't sure. it? Sure, and include some character references and the charity work that he's doing, the regular blood donations, the whatever it is that he's doing to reform his life. <laughs> That's if he is. <laughs> because if you've got that kind of mark on your record, you've got an obligation to rehabilitate yourself. And we do have to stand before you know public opinion, which is stacked against us. Guys, the criminals are giving us a bad name just on their own. We don't need law-abiding licensed people giving us a bad name already. Uh, you know, again, further damaging our reputation. Uh, each of us needs to be pedantic in keeping our record clean because that's the pitch we put to the politicians constantly. Stop over-regulating us because we're not a danger. Well, if somebody is a danger, eh, that's something that needs to be fixed. Look, uh, Justin, I agree in part. Um, yes, absolutely, we've got to be upstanding law-abiding citizens, but... Uh, um, taking someone's firearm license away because of traffic offences? No, I don't agree. I don't agree. I think someone's ability and or lack of ability to follow the road rules has got nothing to do with their ability to be responsible with a firearm, to be honest. Um, okay, they might be a crappy driver. Uh, they may have... Because, you know, the other things too, like, I mean, um, a lot of people get caught over a period of, for example, a couple of years. They, get, they might get caught doing 10Ks over the limit, 15Ks over the limit, whatever it might be, and they lose their licence. And then they do it again, simply because they're just not paying attention to the speed. I mean, does that mean they should not own the gun? I don't. I don't believe that. No. And the reason why and some people will disagree with me. That's fair enough. But the reason why I state that is because I think that's a, just a slippery slope. I think that if you're going to take people's gun license away because they've been a poor driver, well, then what's the next reason you're going to use? Right? Okay. So what's the next reason? Oh, well, uh, you didn't. Uh, you didn't pay this fine. Uh, on time or whatever it might be and there's two fines this year that you didn't pay on time i'm sorry you're not responsible enough we're going to take your gun license away i think it's you know it can be a slippery slope and i think that we should fight against it i don't think you should be allowed to use your driving record to uh, i guess give you a bad name i guess in that sort of sense um i don't agree with it just like i don't agree with uh for example the idea that if you don't pay, uh, for example, if you get fined by the new the DPI with the fisheries, if you get done for, for example, fishing without uh, paying your fishing tax, um, they can take away your driver's license. Now, I don't agree with that. I think it's wrong because uh, uh, just that's because all traffic fines they cancel your registration and your license, so you can't pretty much do anything. Yeah, but that's a traffic fine, right? We're talking about fishing here, mm. right? Okay, what has fishing got to do with your ability to drive, or why should I have the right? to take away your uh, ability uh, to go from place to place because what? Because you put a line in the water without paying the tax? I mean, I know you probably should pay the tax and do the legal thing, but how is that a reason to take away your driver's licence? It's just not right. So they're using, they're starting to use, and this is what we're talking about, the broader nanny state. They're starting to use all kinds of little excuses to essentially take away your freedoms, take away I mean, your freedom to move around. I mean, it's just not justified. 
And um, that's that's the only reason why I'm saying it. Yes, you should be a law-abiding person. Yes, you should drive to the speed limit. Yes, you should not be breaking laws. Uh, but the state should not be uh, using little misdemeanors to take away other freedoms, especially when it comes to, for example, not paying a fine for, um, uh, I guess, uh, uh, not paying your fishing license. Well, you know, so it's just nonsense. So well, that's you, why I don't agree you'll with love it. the next one. Then uh, this will make you really fired up. I think this is from <laughs> the, uh, the west.com.au, fourteenth of the first. Spate of shootings in Perth could lead to gun crackdown. Police have been given sweeping new powers to help crack down on gun crime, including the ability to ban anyone suspected of being linked to a criminal activity uh, from possessing a firearm. The WA Law uh, Reform Commission has re- recommended powers similar to those in New South Wales where the police can, commissioner can issue a firearms prohibition order to anyone deemed a potential threat to public safety. Uh, they also give police tough stop and search powers. So you've got no right to not let – you have to let them in your car, uh, et cetera. Yeah, but that's, that's – uh, can I stop you on that, Jason? But that's fair enough because if you're linked to someone who's committed a crime – Hang on, hang on. Uh, okay. I'm, hang I'm on. Gonna, I'm going to – Hang on. Let me go. Back, let me let me go further on that. They also give police tough stop and search powers, which enable them to conduct regular compliance checks at the home or the workplace of the people subjected to the order. More than one thousand orders have been issued in New South Wales since twenty thirteen. The targets have included bikies, street gang members, terrorist suspects, organised yeah, crime, right. suspected suspected drug. But it's all suspected. You can't say we think you're a drug dealer. We don't really have anything on you, but we're going to give you, you know, a prohibition mm. order. Yeah, this is where I'm going to go in the bat for Otherwise, the police. Otherwise, okay? no, I think this is, I think this is total. <laughs> okay, over. all right, here we go. This is where I'm going to go into the bat for the police. Okay, either he's guilty, he's a drug dealer, okay. or he's not. If no, they no, know no. he's a drug dealer, he'd let, have a record. Yeah, okay, let let Mario okay. um, fantasize for a bit, and then we'll. <laughs> We'll, we'll set him straight okay, no in worries. a second. All right. Hang on, but can I say one thing? You were big on this before no, last no, year no, about no. many uh, things that have gone to the you know the uh, tribunals where they suspected someone of something and they lost the tribunal. You were a big advocate of that. No, what, what I was uh, saying is that uh, people do have rights, and this is when it comes down. To, it was the right versus privilege argument, right? Okay, so for example, there was a guy who. Uh, I think, uh, if you remember, Jason, he was an uh, ex-member of a bikey gang or something like that, and he had a gun license, and then uh, the police were trying to take away a gun license from him, but he hasn't committed a crime. Mm. So, therefore, okay, no worries, uh, that's fine. And well, These guys haven't committed crimes either. Uh, well, S- some of them have, some of them have That's not what that's saying. That's okay, not what that's saying, okay? All right, yeah, yeah. that's not what that's saying. They're, they're associated with the crime or they're suspects, okay? Now, if you're a suspect, okay... Uh, in, in a Listen, I understand they've already got a criminal offence. Well, if you're a suspect, I'm sorry, I'm going to the bat for the police here, right? Okay, I want law and order in this country. I want law and order. If we've got, if we've got deadbeat criminals, drug dealers, whoever they are, and police know who they are, okay, uh, I don't want them getting their hands are on ammunition. Are they convicted drug dealers or no, just no, suspected no. drug well, dealers? Well, listen, okay. well, listen, well, listen, okay, if they would be terrorists, okay, convicted drug dealers and their, and their associates, and the people who they hang around with and so on, uh, I'm quite happy for the police to crack down on them. I, I am. I, I absolutely. These are, no, these are nonsense laws, and they've been proven ineffective in the past in other countries. I'd like you to cast your mind back to the 1980s to a little place in the border called Northern Ireland. Okay, It was a it was subject to British control, and the local people there did not want the British there. And they had a time period called the Troubles, which was basically a balls-to-the-wall civil war, both sides fighting really dirty, the SAS were in there on the British side, no Geneva Convention, no police oversight, no government oversight. Anyone who was an Irish citizen 
who was even suspected of having links to the IRA, was denied a gun licence, banned from owning a firearm. Most firearms over there could only be stored in a gun club and were mostly double-barrel shotguns used for pigeon hunting. Not many semi-autos. There's not much of a hunting, like a deer hunting culture in Northern Ireland anyway. Did any of that stop the IRA from carrying out a very effective terrorist campaign over 30 years and eventually bringing the British government to the negotiating table and forcing them to accept Sinn Féin as a political party in their land? No. It's a tiny island encircled by sea, completely controlled by the British Navy, and yet they were able to smuggle in weapons, explosives. They launched mortar attacks in England on Parliament House that nearly wiped out half of the Cabinet. They only missed it by about 10 metres. And the, if you look up the, the incident that happened, a British Army artillery expert said, oh, I've got to admire these guys because they had like three minutes to set the thing and get the aiming right, and none of us would have been able to get it that close. It was really close. So the laws that they had did not stop criminals from doing what they were doing. And unfortunately, do we want to turn Western Australia into a police state like East Germany? or Northern Ireland was? Do we want tanks on the corners protecting us from drug dealers who aren't really stopped by it anyway? The answer is no. I'm all in favour of law and order, but I think this is not the way to go about it. Law and order is not done by having a police state. Law and order is done the... by striking fear into the hearts of criminals that if they come into somebody's house, they might leave in a box. That's yeah, how you get law but, and order. But, yeah, but, but I get concerned in, about the, the commission having way too much power. Yeah, I agree. You know, and then uh, where does it end? Where does it end? Well, here's the thing, right? I understand what you guys are saying, but we're not dealing here with a uh, terrorist movement that is about to take over the country. Like, uh, but for where example, do you draw the line? For example, you know? Northern Ireland, right? I mean, this is the this is you guys have to keep a level head about this. This is a firearms prohibition order on thugs, criminals, bikies. And some potential would be terrorists, right? Yeah, but it's okay. all alleged at this stage. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think suspected. The, the police can do their well, job without these extra laws. That the existing yeah. laws are fine. It's it's a if the police can't use the existing laws, then there's I a mean, problem. just looking at it, even says you know they can uh, yeah compliance checks at the home or workplace. Uh, people are subject to the order. I mean, you know, search and seizure. You're straight into your car for no reason, no rights whatsoever. No Look, rights, guys. Just want to make it clear. I am against people losing their gun licences because they've gone 15 kilometres over the speed limit. I am against people losing their driver's licence or gun licences because they didn't pay a $50 fine. I am against people being terrorised by the government because they didn't pay a fishing tax, okay? I'm it, not against... But it's more hey, of overreach. Hang man. on. I'm not against police chasing drug dealers and, and chasing criminals, would-be terrorists... And people who are, let's face it... Listen, just if they've un- already got criminal records, I agree with you 100%. I'm not 100%, against it. Depending I, I on what want, it's for, mate, but something let me tell you, mind, No, let the, me tell you. I want law and order. What I don't want is nanny statism, okay, attacking our basic liberties over stupid stuff, okay? So it's a clear distinction there. So I hope listen, you guys I, understand. I, but I agree with you if you're saying they've already got a criminal record, but if there's no criminal record and they say they're associated with someone, mm. sorry, I don't think it's good enough. I think it's good enough. But anyway, well, we'll go on. Great. Anyone want to add one last thing to discussion? This one's a good one. We've got some good stuff coming out, uh, and it's good to be said in the media. Daniel Young, Shooters and Fishers. This is Weekly Times by Kath Sullivan, tw- January 25th, 2017. Gun owners should not have details of their firearms listed with authorities. According to Victorian Shooters Party, Daniel Young, 
Uh, he says, uh, Mr. Young called for the firearms registry administered by the Victorian police to be abolished after a recent human error at the state's game management authority exposed confidential information to more than 8,000 hunters. Now, good work from Mr. Daniel Young, and I see that was supported uh, by the SSAA in Victoria, which is finally some great – they're actually saying in the media, which is good. But he was also talking about here – now, this is the very, very controversial one – now, I feel a bit sorry for them in a way, but I don't really. Victorian government, oh, they've apologised for giving thousands of gun owners details released in email error. Now, you might think one time, okay, yeah, t- one time, okay, maybe two, three, not four, mm. not six or seven, but eight times. And they said the staff concerned, they're horrified, and they've been counselled for giving details of law-abiding people's firearms details and addresses to people that shouldn't have, been, shouldn't have had those details. But get a P.O. box, put it in your own hands, because you can't trust these guys. And the issue, it's not just the hunters who are on the list. The issue is, let's just say the New South Wales registry's been leaked to criminals, which we're pretty sure it has, and I had my old address on the registry, and I've moved house. The family that moves into my old place, the criminals don't know that I'm not there anymore. So if they say, oh, okay, we've got, you know, let's do a, a home invasion, this place has got some guns, let's go and get the guns, they kick in the door and an innocent family is subject to a home invasion based on evidence that has come from the registry. Even though it's out of date, it's contributing to providing an environment for where criminals can attack people and the people in the house have got no idea why these people are in there. They're terrified, they're threatened, they may be attacked, assaulted, all because this data is collected and held by incompetent public servants who can't keep it secure. Yeah. And I've actually got a, one of my roommates, I thought I might tell you guys that, he does security. And I've asked him just the other day, um, you know, how easy to get into something if you really want to. Because, mate, everything can be hacked. He does cyber security. Mm. Um, and there's, it's big on apparently the reason there's a lot of work and a lot of money at the moment is because of uh, terrorism. You know, that's the first thing they're going to knock out is electricals and stuff like that. And he says, mate, anything can be hacked given the opportunity. And he goes, sometimes people don't know. No alarm gets risen. If you're gone at 5 o'clock on a Friday, because I've got two days to try and hack in before you get there on Monday. All right, going on from that, it also says the department has contacted eight people where the emails were sent to and said each was deleted, at that, or each said they deleted it or never received it at all due to the large file size. And it says, we can't be sure that it's been misused, Miss Payne said. Now, Ms. Uh, Dr. Vanessa Teague from the University of Melbourne said the incident demonstrates how easy for these types of breaches to happen. There was no hacking. There was no subtle cryptographic error. This was just somebody emailing something they should not have, she should not have you know? Yeah, like, absolutely shocking. How do we know this is not happening in registries? We've already had you know, well, issues popping up where people are saying, how are they knowing rural properties getting knocked over for their guns, yeah. those types of things? Well, you know, Jason, I'm strongly against the registry. I'm purely for those you know, reasons. Anyone who thinks their information 100% safe is uh, really kidding themselves. Now, the registry can be hacked. Yes, absolutely. Um, um, it, information could be leaked by people inside. People are not infallible. Everyone has a weakness, and and this is an example, Jason. The only good data is no data. Well, this is the other reason too, right? And I've got stories here from the Daily Mail. This is from December 13, and here you go. This is the police that usually come and visit your home to check your guns. Uh, This is by uh, the Australian Associated Press. Okay, December 13, 2016. Okay, Victoria Police. This is the headline. Victoria Police caught using... And trafficking meth and ecstasy as two officers joke over texts about going to work after a cocaine bender. 
Victoria cops were using and selling drugs and an anti-corruption commission found. One officer revealed he used cocaine most days during a four-month period. The cop and a colleague discussed feeling effects of drugs while on the clock. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Seven cops off the force after revelations and one got away with warning. Okay, so that's in one story we've got seven, you know, um, I guess potentially crooked cops. I mean, these are guys who are probably visiting your house, checking your guns out, making sure everything's safe. I mean, can these guys be trusted? Now, um, in another story here from The Age, okay, so you've got an elderly drug dealer who peddled heroin on a bike around Fitzroy, uh, offered to prostitute his wife and daughter to pay off a corrupt cop who was shaking him down. Here we go. That's the headline of the story. Drug dealer tried to prostitute wife, daughter, to pay off a cop. Former police officer, uh, Brendan Nolan, 30, was found guilty by a uh, county court jury. Okay, so this is um, police officers, again, involved in corruption. I'm not having a crack at the cops. This is just reality, guys. The reality is police officers are human beings like anyone else, and they're susceptible to corruption. Okay, so I certainly don't want any one of these guys having a look at my safe and my guns and so on. So, I mean, information can be leaked like that. I mean, if they're willing to sell drugs on the street for profit and deal with traffickers and all that, I mean, what aren't they willing to do? I mean, they're probably willing to do a whole bunch of things. Who knows if they're not involved with all kinds of illegal firearm sales and what, 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 whatever have you. So, so this is, you know, this is the fact of life, people. And um, it's unfortunate, but this is what we've got to deal with. And that's why I'm strongly, strongly for the abolition of the registries state in every single state. No one should have your information, not even the gun shop. I mean, the moment you buy that rifle, you are the only person that should know the information of that rifle and where it is and where it's stored. All right. Now, an interesting one. This is a very interesting one, actually. Bridget McKenzie. Now, there's been some people have been very happy with Bridget, some not so happy. National senator who backed Adler Shotgun joins Friends of Gun Control. Not sure if you guys saw this one. Yep. Is shotgun-loving Senator Bridget McKenzie a double agent inside the newly formed Parliamentary Friends of Gun Control? The National Party Senate whip, who last year defied Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull by crossing the floor to vote in favour of allowing the importation of the rapid-fire Adler shotgun, says she's not. And then it says national, citizens, national senators have voted against government policy to end the import on the lever-action shotgun. Uh, now, it says, while even the group's co-convener, Labor's Andrew Lee, described her membership of the Friends of Gun Control as a tad surprising, Senator McKenzie told Fairfax Media she was attracted by the promise of evidence and facts in the debate over the gun. Uh, if the group sticks to what it says and it, what it wants to achieve, there won't be any disagreements about anything because the focus will be about evidence-based firearms regula- regulation in Australia, she said. During the last year's debate, she accused states, uh, premiers, of making a political decision based on fear instead of uh, tackling illegal violence. Uh, Senator McKenzie, who established the Parliamentary Friends of Shooting in the last term of Parliament, is the sole national to join the club, uh, sorry, the, the gun control friends so far. Very interesting, guys. Very, very interesting. Um, what do you think? I, I had a good laugh when I read that because um, it's nice to see somebody taking the initiative in, in Parliament and for Bridget to establish that Friends of Shooting group was, uh, I, th- I thought, a very good move to introduce um, people in Parliament to handling firearms safely, helping them understand the safety culture that we have and in vaccinate them against the anti-gun lies. And mm. it's a little bit like a group of school children. Uh, one of them sets up a club for the uh, the not so popular kids, and then uh, the the other kid who wasn't invited to the club sets up his own opposition club. 
so the, this Friends of Gun Control, I think it's good that Bridget's in there. Is this like knowing what your enemies are doing sort of thing? Or? Uh, look, I can't see any progress or anything groundbreaking coming out of the Friends of Gun Control group in Parliament. Why would you be in that? What, what's the reason for being in it? Exactly what she said, to keep an eye on what they're doing, seeing if there's any new information she can, can glean. Uh, I, I think it's a, a sensible move because politics is all about keeping your friends close and your enemies closer. And I, she, I think she's been up front on there. In terms of Sen- Senator McKenzie being the, nom- the notional sort of gun person for the Nationals, um, trying to win over the shooter's vote for the Nationals. Um, Don't forget she's also a- said she agrees with strengthening the NFA, which is quite disappointing that, as well. That all of that is part of politics, and uh, what she has said about evidence-based uh, approaches, uh, I can't knock her for that, and I wish some other people would take that soundbite and use it. I know, but if, but if she also said that the you know, she wants to see the strengthening of the NFA, if she wants to see evidence-based, why would you say the NFA needs strength? We all know the shortcomings of the NFA. It depends what your definition of strengthening is. My idea of strengthening the NFA is pretty much what we're all in agreement with. Keep it about mental health checks and preventing guns getting into the hands of criminals and leave everybody else alone. That's mm. a strong NFA. So I think she's playing politics, and I'd like to see what her definition of strengthening is yeah. before I make it a judgment. It just sounds scary when people start saying strengthening, doesn't it? It's, it doesn't give me a good feeling of... When, uh, well, the, when well, I am in the politics, thing I think... will be talking about strengthening gun laws with exactly that intent. We need the strongest gun laws in the world, and that means everybody having one and being properly trained for it. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on, whoa, hang on. I had to, div- I had to just to process a lot. Of, what do you mean by that? Explain that. Strong gun laws that target criminals and leave the law-abiding alone. No registration, no categorisation, mental <laughs> Maybe health you checks We've got to stop using that strength thing. We want, see, why do people <laughs> yeah. get so freaked out when they say watering down? Why do people get so freaked out of that terminology? It's because of the media and the owners of the media, the agenda setters in the media, hyping and hysterically challenging See, anything. but you've explained what you meant. She had never explained what she means yeah. by strengthening the mm. NFA, which is quite scary to me. Correct. And to me, strengthening seems, uh, you know, she wants more evidence-based. Give her a call. Ask her. Yeah. Write her a letter. Good point. Well, speaking I'm, of I'm uh, speaking of friends... Write of, that down. <laughs> speaking of friends of gun control, this will make your blood ball, guys. Here we go. We've got a story here from... Uh, ABC RN Breakfast. Uh, this is on 26th of January this year. Okay. Order of Australia honours for work on gun control. Oh, uh, I've already got that one. Yeah, my What's God. the name again? Uh, the Australia Day Honours. Yeah, Rebecca Peters, that's it. The Australia Day Honours list is full of How people who are she? making significant <laughs> contributions to the country and beyond. Rebecca Peters is one of them. Yes. Oh, God. She has been honoured with a low, aren't they? Uh, unbelievable. She has been honoured with an Order of Australia for her work on gun control. For the past thirty years, Rebecca Peters has been at the forefront of gun law reform, both here and overseas. Yes, she's a busy girl, paid by the globalists to go around the world disputing her gun control lies. So that's Rebecca Peters. She was part of I Answer and all that, wasn't she? Well, this and, is um, what it says. See, she helped build the National Coalition for Gun Control. We worked with John Howard. Uh, to reform the firearm laws after Port Arthur Massacre. She was also the long-serving director of International Action Network on Small Arms. So, look. I have, I'm not a uh, conspiracy theorist like Mario is, but there is something... What, uh, you're saying conspiracy that doesn't exist? She came to Australia... <laughs> 
and we had a spate of shootings leading up to 1996. She then went to New Zealand, and it had a mass shooting in 1997. She left New Zealand. New Zealand hasn't had one since, neither has Australia, really, depending on the statistics. And she went to live in America, and America's had a spate of mass shootings since she arrived. I'm not sure if there is a connection, but there's Mate, something there. Could be. There, with there could be. Rebecca Peter. I'm not even sure she's Australian. I thought she was American. It's very strange for Australia to be issuing an Order of Australia to a foreign national... Uh, this, and on, this, this and like, on gun laws. This Very kind of rings, uh, rings in the same tune of giving Obama the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, yeah yes. You know? yeah, there's something crazy going on with awards these look, days. That's, look, I can tell you right now. Unfortunately, look, I, I it know, cheapens the Order of Australia. I know, I know that you're not a conspiracy theorist, Justin, but let me tell you something. Why is this woman going around the world championing all these gun laws and uh, who's paying her? No one ever knows. George you know, Soros. Like, oh, of yeah, I was going to say, is it George Soros? Open and Society Initiative. You know, um, this is what's going on. She's one of those feminazis that just wants to disarm uh, the average... Uh, and the average uh, heterosexual male. That's uh, what it comes down to. Have That's you seen her? She kind of looks like a man. No, <laughs> look, I, I, I've done a bit, of, a bit of research into what's publicly available, and my understanding is not necessarily she wants to disarm the male. She is, has a messiah complex where she truly believes that she is making the world a safer place by getting rid of guns for everyone. So I'm uh, not sure if she's I had don't buy that for a trauma second. or something in the past. Her father was a CIA agent, so I don't know what she's been exposed to. But she she's like a, a religious um, a, a religious preacher or a pastor who who truly believes that you know you I really want to pass on this belief to you and she's working to make the world a safer place and she believes a bit of a power it, trip thing yeah though. very very much um, if I was a psychiatrist which I'm not I could say that she is compensating and trying to save other people in order as a proxy to try and save somebody she couldn't save in the past. Maybe she had a childhood friend who died, she couldn't save them, and so subconsciously... Or someone died of a firearm when she was... Maybe, I don't know. Or maybe she was just afraid that her father would get shot, and the childhood trauma of that fear is now translated into this adult campaign, fixated on this one thing. It's like... I don't know, the guy who suspects his wife's cheating, but instead of investigating it, he gets focused on the football and he supports his team and he throws himself into the team in order to distract himself from the issues. Uh, It's a similar psychological compensation mechanism. Uh, I don't know, just speculating. But If you uh, want to see a good debate too. I just think she's just left-wing nutter feminazi. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's a, if you if you want, I'm pretty sure it's still on YouTube. You guys should watch it actually, where Rebecca Peters uh, debates Wayne Lapierre from the National Rifle Association. I think it's a, I think it was in England. Yeah. Um, I don't know when. Yeah, Wayne Lapierre was actually there, but go check that out. It's kind of interesting. They get I've a, few, watched that. I've yeah, watched a few that. questions back and forth. It seems like it was done about ten years ago, maybe. It's like yeah. seems like the old standard definition, but certainly watch it. It's very, very interesting. Another one we've got here, this one's a very interesting one. Machine guns infiltrate Victoria as eight assault rifles remain unaccounted for. Now, you're going to laugh at this terminology. Machine guns that can fire a 1,000 rounds a minute with pinpoint accuracy (laughs) (laughs) have infiltrated Victoria with the help of the owner of a US weapons company, a court has heard. Police say at least eight Thurion, I've never even heard, Thurion AR-15 assault rifles remain in the community and others were found in the hands of dangerous criminals involved in armed robbers and drug trafficking. A former gun trader turned to black market importer has pleaded guilty before the Melbourne Magistrates Court of Smuggling Guns into Australia. Uh, Paul Munro, 63, has agreed to meeting the owner of Thuron Defence, Andy Hubishman, who helped conceal and export the weapons from the US. 
Uh, Munro was arrested in possession of an assault rifle in Clifton Springs in August after negotiating to sell five assault rifles and ten handguns for $110,000 to an undercover officer. Uh, the accused had important at least 12 Thurion assault rifles and other firearms. Police have only recovered four of the weapons, uh, leaving at least eight unaccounted for in the community. Uh, police have uh, have confirmed the Herald Sun. The frightening weapons are still on the loose. So fee, fee, fee. Mm. I'd yeah. like to see them. This is uh, why the gun market for these types of weapons is so big in this country and why they want to import them. We yeah. spoke about this many times before. Prohibition, huge black market. Increased profits. Absolutely. Yeah, and there was an inquiry into the banning of semi-automatic handguns in 2014 when mm-hmm. they said these firearms are being you know, imported into the country. Uh, they're not being stolen from... There is a small amount being mm-hmm. st- uh, stolen from law-abiding firearms owners. All right, this one's... I'm going to get you guys on this one. Very interesting. I love my fishing. And I've actually had some really good conversations with a guy that semi-agrees with this guy but loves his fishing. Now, he goes, this guy says, I quit fishing after an encounter off Perth made me realise I was an asshole. So he doesn't want to be a fisherman anymore. Dan Mallow has given up fishing after oh, realizes no. he was harming the ocean's inhabitants. Oh, no. Now, the interesting part – now, I've got to ask you a question, though. I don't agree with this guy at all because I love my fishing. What's the difference – I'll ask the question first, then I'll go through the article. What's the difference between hooking a fish and going hunting? I would say nothing. I think they're exactly the same. Apparently, in the, in the general public's eyes, hunting is bad, fishing cool. So he goes on mm. to say here, I used to trick animals – uh, on sharpened hooks, sometimes I'd use two or three just to make sure they couldn't get away. The hooks would cut their mouths open and often uh, pierce their mouths. Uh, I didn't even do it to eat it. Like millions of others, I did it for fun. Uh, if I had to do these, th- if I did these things to a cat or a dog, people wouldn't want to put me in jail. But here I am talking about fish. Fish have no pain receptors, they say. Don't worry, they're too stupid to understand. He goes, then he talks about how he got a fish and he, it was so nice. He looked into its eyes, blah, 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 pathetic. He said he did this for 10 years. Uh, then all of a sudden he realised he was damaging them and he stopped being a fisherman. Now he thinks, you know, he's an, he's an asshole for being a fisherman. Now, what's the difference between, say, I just want to get your opinion on it, throwing a hook in the water for fish, yet when he says throwing a, a hook, say, for a cat or a dog, they they look down upon it. Is, it. is it just a natural? The public just general agree with fishing because it's been happening for so long. Or, oh well, to the best of my scientific knowledge, fish are cold blooded. Uh, they really don't have any pain receptors, so I guess it's not the same as hooking a cat or a dog or anything like that. Not to mention, fish don't have fish don't have nice furry, but even if we were hunting faces like cats and dogs. But even if we were hunting in state forests and we like threw a hook on a rope with a bit of food on there, even though it's a feral animal, and we started pulling him in with a hook on a, on a bit of rope, which we, we'd be classified as savages. I've got, a, I've got a question for you, Jace. In State Forest, can you hunt with traps? Good question. And is it legal to put a dog trap down in... I'm not 100% yeah, sure. That's, it might be an interesting I know you thing. can't use, in regards to deer, you can't use feedlots, mm, feeders, no. calls. The reason, I, I think generally the answer is no. The reason I ask is I was on Netflix the other night, watched the first episode of Shooter, the series. Oh, and I've heard that's pretty the good. opening scene, he's in the forest and some blokes have caught a wolf with a trap, like a dog trap yep. or a bear trap. And he makes the comment that it's illegal to hunt with a trap in Vermont at this time of yeah. year, so the, you know, the, the other guys were breaking the law. So I'd be interested to see mm. what, in the public's mind, is there any link between hooking a fish and catching a feral cat, maybe, you, you know, cats? Yeah. Catching yep. a feral cat in a trap, it's still causing pain. You know, if the cat struggles, it can bleed a bit. You know, that's Funny you should say that, feral cat, because... I, I hate feral cats. Because I think... Um, Mars shot one at a state no, forest, didn't Yeah, you? well... 
couple. But um, I think that um, uh, there was a story, and I can't remember if this was this guy was a professional trapper or not. But he was actually uh, getting getting pieces of food with hooks in them, and um, and uh, baiting cats, and then basically turning up the next day and waiting to see that cat at the end of the hook can't get away. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. a lot of pain, and then he shoots them. Mm. So I don't know if that was legal or not, but um, I think I think it was one of the stories that we actually long time ago, Jason, that we read out. And uh, or something that I've seen on the ABC, I think, and this was a, a, a experienced trapper. So I don't know if that's legal, but look, either way, in relation to the story, there's always somebody in a, in a group of more than a thousand people. Yeah. Someone's going to have a mental illness, and yeah, yeah. that guys have gone they, vegan. They, they'll find their feminine, yeah, somehow, feminine side. Somehow shooting them, they say shooting them's fine, but catching them, uh, you know, without a trap on their leg, like a normal cage trap, maybe no. But if if, if anyone knows out there, we put the word out before about uh, the lamb going off. So if you hey. If someone knows about whether you can use traps on public land, say around the country, say what you got uh, Victorian public land, uh, New South Wales. I know some parts of the Northern Territory have got it as well. I'm um, not sure about South Australia. They've got duck hunting uh, down in South Australia. So let us know if you're in a particular state. Can you use traps uh, for certain animals uh, in state forests and on public land? No, you can't with deer. You can't put a feeding station. You can't use electronic calls. That's under the Game and Feral Animal Control Act here in New South Wales. Uh, but can you trap them? Very interesting. Well, you know? I think the answer is no. I don't think I don't think any of those traps that you, we're talking about. Actually I mean, I'm talking legal. about not hard jaw traps. I mean, can you use those yeah. soft rubber traps? I know guys on their own private land use the soft rubber jaw traps on foxes. Goes over the leg, doesn't hurt them. Come back, cull them with a twenty-two, no problem. Uh, well, when it comes to trapping, land. when it comes to trapping, I think you have to be involved with uh, feral pest control. To, uh, okay. to to get or, licenses or business or have some qualifications yeah, yeah, I don't to, know. To, to get permits for those sort of things. Otherwise, you cannot own them. If you were able to own them, you'd see them at the gun shops. Yeah, fair point. Why why wouldn't you be able to buy them if they're illegal? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not. They're the not. only place I've seen them is if you go to Hogs Breath Cafe. They have old rusty ones up on the display. Yeah, but I'm, they're but they're also um, deactivated. Yeah, like you yeah. can't you can't set them. And and to the best of my knowledge, and I do remember reading about it. I think a long time ago. Um, in terms in terms of the firearm laws and in terms of traps, and I think most traps that uh, trap an animal by the foot or anything like that, they're illegal. Absolutely, this one you're going to find very interesting. <laughs> Kangaroo roof fertility trial, right? So basically, a lot of roos in in <laughs> in, uh, in the ACT. As you guys know, we've driven yep. past the ACT, thousands, thousands of, of them there on the road. Me and Muzz came back from a stinker state forest one time, and how many did we see in about a three or four kilometer radius? Heaps, oh, heaps. Well, heaps. it's cost them six hundred and twelve thousand uh, dollars to mm. treat one hundred and thirty-five kangaroos. Two and a half. Uh, Two and a half years into the kangaroo fertility trial, the ACT government has spent about $600,000 to deliver a contraceptive to 135 kangaroos and a placebo to 10 more. Most of the kangaroos, 81 of them, have been tranquilized and had the contraceptive injected by hand. Another 54 have been vaccinated by dart shot by a government shooter, which is how it must be done if the method is to be used in the wild. We can shoot them, but we've got to use all these extra things Crazy. in regards to... Taxpayers' money being flushed look, down the toilet. $612,000 so they don't breed. I'm just happy to shoot them. Yeah. How much how we're much always told how we've got to be um, living in, in harmony with nature. Why can't these people in Canberra just live with them? And, you know, they're, they're always hanging yeah. out the... Sure, sure. You're exposing the failings of lefty <laughs> ideology. <Yeah. laughs> 
But yeah. Are spend- we supposed to just well, live in harmony with nature? Why can't they just put up with them? Why not just shoot the, the females? Why not if, yeah. if you can differentiate? I know I'm not a real expert, so if you can differentiate male to female kangaroos, why not just shoot them? It's much mm. cheaper than trying to. Of course, you know, we want them to live out a healthy <laughs> life by making them, you know, infertile. I mean, what a stupid idea! Who thought of that idea? A lefty, or just reactivate Australia's trade of kangaroo meat with Russia and make some money off it. Yeah. Shoot, shoot as many as you can, sell them exactly. to the Russians. The Russians will buy the meat. Yeah. Well, maybe they won't since uh, Tony Abbott was flexing his chest on Vladimir Putin. But uh, look, here's the thing, right? Those kangaroos, okay, you have to decide, okay, are they a nuisance? Are we going to get rid of them? If we are going to get rid of them, let's find the most cheap, cost-effective way to do it. Let's not waste and blow taxpayers' money on stupid you know, sterilization programs that aren't really going to do much good uh, ultimately because, let's face it, uh, kangaroos do roam around. They, they migrate from one place to another where the food is and you can sterilise a whole bunch of them. New new ones will come in and then fertilise the females. I mean, like, seriously, I, I, I've never heard such a stupid waste of taxpayers' money. Yeah, very interesting. All right, we, we saw what's your thoughts on we saw just in, down in Melbourne the other day, that lovely... Well, not lovely fellow that ran down a couple of people. Six people are now dead. Uh, you know, running down people in uh, Melbourne. Mass- massacre with a vehicle. With a vehicle. Now, <clears throat> interesting because David Lionhelm sent out some some tweets in regards to uh-huh. that particular issue. Well, hasn't now, he drawn some attention to himself? Oh, he's, draw, he's drawn some attention. Now, now, I want to say I like what David does. I think he's done mm-hmm. a fantastic job. We're going to play a bit of a sound bite from his just in a few moments as well. But sometimes, I don't know, it's a bit of a foot... Like, I agree with his right to free speech. I just think sometimes he needs to probably leave it just a little bit. Perhaps I'm, I'm wrong in that situation. I think we need to... The party needs to draw some positive publicity. Um, there's a time to make his point. Like, I, I agree with his point totally, 100% that he made, you know, about, you know, uh, an assault car or whatever it may have been. And we, you, know, you don't just have to use a firearm. It can be a vehicle. It can be any other object. Mm. can be used to commit crime. I what just, was, what just, was the actual tweet? Do you remember what it was? Yep, here he it is. It must be one of those semi-automatic assault vehicles. Yep. Ah, oh, that's uh, what he said, yeah. Yep. And, okay. there, and there was a lot of people coming on Twitter really hassling him hard. Right. Even some people saying, whether that's true or not, I don't know. They had his support, you know, or he had their support. Now they don't. You're a disgusting person. Shut down your Twitter account, which I, sometimes I think is not the best thing when you're trying to build the party. You're only one person. I agree with it. Mm. Man, leave it a couple of days, you know. Like I agree with his right to do it. I don't. I just think it's not helping the party by saying it. David has after. a fantastic relationship with the media. The Financial Review prints his letters every week. Yep. He's regularly on Sky News. He it would have been very straightforward to use his next Meet the Press uh, interview to push the line that very sensibly. It doesn't take a gun to cause a massacre. Um, maybe he's of the view that there's no such thing as bad publicity. Perhaps the people who got their knickers in a twist over the tweet wouldn't have supported him anyway. Um, I I personally didn't take offence at it because I agree with what he says, mm. uh, although I personally wouldn't have said that. I defend his right to say it. Yeah, that's yeah. what he said. Probably one of these semi-automatic assault cars, right? One second, just going over to the tweet, and some people said, uh, it's not that you're a libertarian, it's you're simply a bad person. That's why I hate you. Uh, from David Swan, you're the, from David Swan, you're the worst. Shane Bazzi, delete your account, scumbag. Uh, Zach Davies thinks the Burke Street Mall deaths are comedic. What a tosser. Um, from Bowie Lee, can't understand how a politician can attempt to joke or point out the irony when so many people are injured. He's a fool. 
I mean, again, not, not good publicity. Yeah. Um, this is sickening. Log off and delete your account. How you, can you represent anyone with that attitude like that? I mean, you know, I agree right. with his right to do it. He's done, don't get me wrong, he's done a fantastic job, but it just doesn't help. I mind, think waiting you, at least a day or two yeah, might help. You mind know? you, a lot of the people complaining had no trouble with John Howard immediately jumping on the Port Arthur massacre and using it for political ends. So there is some hypocrisy there. Oh, absolutely. And there's no doubt about that. I just think, but unfortunately, people are never going to see that when a tragedy of 35 people have been killed. Uh, to yep. see, you know, again, people that we know guns, we know it's hypocrisy, we know it's bullshit. But and there was all, all, also controversy, Jason, on whether or not the police should have done something earlier, should they have acted earlier, should they shot him or shot the tyres out or whatever it might be. So it was a very difficult situation. Me personally, I think that police failed to see the danger in the situation. The guy was being really erratic with a vehicle uh, in a very, very populated area. And they can see, and I think they just uh, casually assume that he's just going to keep driving on the road and uh, get and be on his merry way after a while, and then they can chase him down. I think that was probably the wrong assumption, which led, uh, you know, to that tra- tragedy. And now you can, um, I guess, a lot of people have blamed the police. Some people are saying, "Well, get off their backs." Um, you know, there's not much they can do. They tried um, the best they could. Uh, now, but here's the thing, right? Getting back to David and what David said. Okay. David's a great politician and, you know, despite all the controversial things he said on radio uh, and TV, that he still gets invited back to the shows, he still gets on the I don't on know the how panels, he does it, I really don't. Right? He still writes for the papers, right? So he's getting the headlines out there. But me personally, I think it's the wrong strategy. It's the completely wrong strategy. Um, fair enough, he's made his point and I think, and I agree with you, Justin, he should have just used the press conference or press gallery later on to make that point. But I think what's important here is he's going to turn a lot of people offside when we're building, uh, I mean, you know, we're trying to build a, a, a libertarian party in the country. Let's face it, that's what we're trying to do. We're hoping that he does well, just like we hope that all pro-gun, pro-freedom parties do. So uh, I think this is the wrong way to go about it. I think the strategy is all wrong. I think David should concentrate on issues that affect majority of Australians. He says, keep talking about the high taxes Keep talking about this ridiculous climate change stuff that we've got going on. Keep talking about high electricity prices. I mean, these are the things that affect every single everyday Australian that he is going to gain traction on. So that that's my point of view. I think they should focus on broader issues, more importantly, broader issues. Later on, yes, you can comment things about this tragedy and say, well, you know, uh, I, you know, say comments like that. Well, you know, people. If this, if the guy had a gun, people would have been screaming for gun control. But because he was in the car, you know, it's uh, the hypocrisy. You know, you can just see all the hypocrisy from the media. No one's uh, talking about you know cars and so on. But the point is that you can commit massacres with all types of things, whether it be guns, cars, bombs, whatever. The, at the end of the day, it, what matters is the lunatic that's behind it. Okay, that's what we need to be focused on, our outrage on the lunatic behind it, not what David tweets or what someone else says. Um, now, the Libertarian Party in this country, I think, my opinion, is going to struggle to take off when we've got this sort of comments in the media. Now, some people say, well, all publicity is good publicity, but I think sometimes, I don't think Australia is really ready for that. Uh, David, if my advice to you is, mate, talk about the big issues, the big issues, your electricity prices, uh, your high taxation, um, the fact that 
uh, people are still um, our money is being given away overseas for all these global warming climate change crap talk about those issues they're the big issues mate that's how you're going to gain traction all right, just one sec. What we do, I'll tell you where he did nail it, was on Sky News. We're going yep. to play, we might as well play the whole thing because I tell you what, he nails it. And one thing I admire about David, he's been solid from day one about what his gun law reforms, what his policies are, what his thoughts yep. are on it from day one. Never changed in the years that now he's been in Parliament. So we're going to play a bit of a soundbite here for you guys. This is on Sky News. I think he was talking to – who was he talking to on Sky News? Can't even remember, but you listen to it. You see some of the ridiculous comments made about one of the guys was scared. To be, I was scared being in America. Didn't know yeah, what Peter to do. Reith, Peter Reith. Peter Reith. Oh, I was scared when I was in the States. Like, really? It's just laughable, really. So here's – I'm going to play the whole thing because I tell you what, this is how you react in the media. Yeah, so maybe Phil Donato can actually listen to this. Get a few points for him. Get it. a few pointers, and actually this is how you address the media. So this is uh, David Leinhelm on Sky News. Well, we now are interviewing Senator David Leinholm, who's one of our crossbench senators, and Peter and I have had him on before. Well, he's one of our favourites because he's the one who tells the Liberals what he really thinks. Yes. Uh, as opposed to some of the Liberals who don't. Well, at least but, we know where you stand. We might not always agree, but at least uh, we know where we stand. But he's not perfect, so we won't get him off too like easily. We're not going to let him off easily no, tonight. Yeah. David, one of the things that you're a strong advocate, of course, is guns. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people that I run into say, well, he seems like a reasonable guy, but I don't get him on guns. Explain your position on guns. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, well, first of all, it's my sport. So it's an Olympic sport, a Commonwealth Games sport. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been a, a, a gun owner and a gun user my entire life. I'm a farmer's son and I actually own a farm myself. So, you know, they're, they're a tool, they're a sporting implement. Um, and, of course, shooters, uh, criminals commit crime. Shooters, just because they own a gun, don't commit crime. The focus of our gun laws in Australia changed in 1996 from... Um, focusing on individuals who commit crimes to blaming the gun, basically. And that's my chief complaint, that uh, w what we should be doing is keeping guns out of the hands of people who, who are not safe, and we know largely who they are, um, and not worrying about what they do um, once we know that they're safe. So I'm all in favour of a licensing system. I don't believe it makes any difference what kind of gun they have once they're licensed, and we should be quite we should be quite firm about the conditions of a licence. If you do anything that's, that's violent, uh, that's indicative that you're not safe with the gun or any other implement for that matter that you can do harm with, um, then you might lose your licence. But there's no point harassing sporting shooters, hunters, collectors, simply because they own guns, and that's what happens. And that's why uh, we get, we, there's a, almost a million of us in Australia who have licences, that's why we get very, very angry at being, about being picked on, purely because we own guns. The assumption is that somehow or other we are going to lose our marbles, grab a gun and go and do something bad with it. Well, that Outside does happen. Hang on, yeah. that does yeah. happen. That does happen. It does. It yeah. does. So, I mean, mostly, let's not kid ourselves. But mostly it doesn't. And yeah, that's, no, that's no answer to the person who's just been shot by some bloke who's got a gun. Indeed. They shouldn't have had a gun. Yes, indeed, and we should keep them out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them. But people can commit crimes and do terrible things with lots of things besides guns. Only guns get singled out. And we saw that in Melbourne with, the, uh, with that uh, guy who um, was We're going to ask out you on about bail. Yeah. Was, well, was, why don't we just ask on that? Because he, he got, he got uh, 
uh, chased by the police, they let him go loose, and then he goes and kills five people and injures more than, more yeah. than 30. Nobody says anything about cars, but if he'd done that with a gun, what would the answer have been? All about gun control. That's but, what it all would have but been. David, I mean, that was your tweet. But, but there are times, though, you know, when there has to be a sensitivity about this, and that was not the day that you wanted to make a point about guns. It, it just wasn't. And it, it, unfortunately, I think for you, is that it, it knocks down the standing that you have on so many issues where people like I agree with you. But uh, it was just a really bad day. And I'd like to hear you say, well, I'm sorry I, I said that on that day and it's something to be thought I, I, about. I, I, but you're not going to, I don't suppose. I profoundly disagree with you. I, yeah. I was responding to a news article that referred yeah. to a rogue car yeah. as if the car was doing the damage, not the yeah. driver of the car. Yeah. Well, I understand that is the precisely, point. That is precisely uh, the opportunity where I can point out that inanimate objects do not commit this crimes. This is what your tweet said. Yeah, but you can say that any said. day of the week. Well, it's not a great day to do oh. it when a child has just been killed by this bastard uh, and oh. there's still a whole lot of people in the hospitals in Melbourne. I mean... Well, what difference does 140 characters make to all of that, Peter? The outrage directed at me was, was basically, in my opinion, fake outrage. That same outrage was not directed at the perpetrator, nor at the justice system that allowed that perpetrator out to drive that car. Had, if, if we really wanted to get serious about, uh, about that situation, I would just be you know, no more significant than the, the florist who sold the flowers who, uh, for people who go and put put there in that place. It is 140 characters commenting on the fact that a journalist had referred to a rogue car. It's not an, it's not an excuse for, you know, this great moral outrage. The great moral outrage was that this guy was even out of jail and driving a car and ending up killing people yeah. in Burke Street. In well, I think everyone would agree with that. David, we need to move on because there's other things we're going to ask. Just one quick thing. Does your position apply to automatic and semi-automatic weapons? Oh, have well, the same view on that? Well, that's one of the things that Howard banned, well, and I must admit I was part of that decision. Yes. Um, well, semi-automatics, uh, there's no evidence that, uh, you know, they jump up and kill people any more than single shots or double barrels or anything like that. Um, I don't think the, the ban on those in Australia was justified. New Zealand didn't go down that path, and they don't jump up and go around killing people. Uh, semi-automatic guns don't jump up and go around killing people in uh, New Zealand either. Switzerland has more guns per head of population than America does and its gun crime or gun violence is no, no higher than Australia's. The Czech Republic has a very high level of gun ownership as well and it also has concealed carry for defence purposes, for self-defence. You can get a permit uh, to carry a gun just as you can in all, nearly all the states of America. Their gun crime is no higher than ours. So, you know, Semi the, the nature is of the there something mad about the Americans yes, that their gun rate is so high? Yes. Because when I lived there, I was terrified, and I would never have been a copper in, yeah. or a policeman in the United States because you wouldn't go to a domestic yeah. argument. You'd yeah. be terrified. Yeah. So it's a cultural thing. Absolutely. Ameri in, in statistical terms, violence versus gun ownership, America is an absolute outlier, not an example. If we want to compare ourselves to other countries, we should compare ourselves to New Zealand or Canada or Switzerland or the Czech Republic all of which have semi-automatic long arms, or and pistols too for that matter. They don't, none of them have full autos uh, freely available. Most of them actually allow uh, full autos under a permit type system, so you have to be a little more scrutinised. 
nothing happens. You know, it doesn't cause any harm. Well, David, whether people agree or disagree with you, at least they know your position. Right, we just heard from David Lionhelm there, Sky News. Sensational. Good work. That's how you do it. Uh, and, and talking about that one, obviously the issue down in Melbourne with the car running over all those people, God bless them, poor buggers. Well, the car um, didn't run over all those well, people. Well, the guy did, sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean. You know what You're I mean. making excuses for the, <laughs> no, for the criminal. the inanimate object. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm referring to. Come yes. on, give me a break. Uh, Burke Street, poli- police defend their decision not to shoot. Now, this is an interesting situation. Now, Victorian Police Commissioner Deputy uh, Andrew Crisp has rejected there was, a cu- there was a culture of risk aversion in the force as he angrily claimed that a leaked email urging caution on car pursuits was misrepresented. Mr. Crisp said there was Mr. Chris said there was no connection between September email and the Burke Street rampage. I mean, are we getting a culture of that now where police don't really want to act because they're afraid Absolutely. of the ramifications Absolutely. after? 100%. It's, it's a very 100%. effective trial by media because not only do the officers get the brunt of the correction from their superiors, it immediately goes on Facebook and their family members. You imagine if you're a cop and you make a bad call, that's bad enough. You have to go home and explain to your wife. But before you even get home from the office, yep. she's reading all the comments from uninformed people on Facebook commenting about you and her, and she knows that all her friends and their husbands are going to know about it. That is not, that's not a career-ending issue. That's a family-ending issue. And this whole uh, political correctness, trial by media, it's a, it, it is an evidence of a real problem for all of society, this whole trial by Facebook. No, but this whole political correctness has taken over into every aspect of society. I mean, especially the police department. Uh, Just recently, Jason, I I remember watching a video clip at a service station and there was this guy who uh, looked like of African appearance and he just picks up a Bowser hose and he's got a lighter and he's trying to light it right Mm. at the station. I don't know if anyone's seen that. Mm -hmm. I saw it. Okay. You think the police are chasing him right now? No, they haven't. They've done nothing, really. I haven't seen anything that they've said that remotely suggests that they're chasing him or they've, they've caught him. Uh, this is crazy. Like, I mean, the Apex gang in Melbourne, I mean, police, I mean, Daniel Andrews, the Premier down there, has been copping an absolute bollocking because of lack of action. I mean, mm. what does that tell you? Yeah. And they're saying that, they, 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 you know, what's his name saying that they're denying that there's a culture of risk averse? I mean, yeah, it looks like, and this is an interesting one too. Justin might know about this one. Uh, Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Hunter spokesman John Preston promises we're going to have some fun. The Shooters Party has a new man in the Hunter and he doesn't own a gun. The Upper Hunter is the first of what Shooters, Fishers and Farmers State Director Philip Despotoski describes as winnable New South Wales seats held by Nationals MPs that will be targeted by the party. Now, the interesting part about this, this is a Herald Sun interview, 29th of the 1st, 2017. Uh, the only issue, I guess, and Justin might know more about this, Mr. Preston confirmed that in 96 he was arrested and charged with money laundering and conspiring to defraud the state of New South Wales $7 million in excises based on his business of buying and selling cigarettes. He and six others were charged despite uh, a launch of the High Court case challenging the rights of the states to charge tobacco excises. Mm. Now... Uh, another interesting part is he left the Liberal Party in 2014 after publicly leaked emails between himself and the Sydney City Councillor Edward Mandler in which Mr Preston called a female councillor a company tart <laughs> and an idiot. <laughs> Mr Preston said he joined the Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party because it was, it, was a part, it was a party of policy and despite not owning a gun, he planned to buy one. Mm. Uh, he planned to challenge the Nationals uh, of the Upper House seat of the Hunter because the evidence of obvious disadvantage in the area despite the mining boom. Uh, so, yeah. 
There, I do vaguely remember this case. Uh, it was a technicality between whether the states and the federal government, you know, who has the jurisdiction to charge excises on imports. And uh, even though he was arrested and charged with t- conspiring to defraud the government, uh, as soon as they won the High Court challenge and the High Court ruled that here's the clarification in the law, the case collapsed and they, you know, there was no further action taken. So it was really just a, an accounting uh, case um, to ch- you know, like Rosa Parks not standing up on the bus or, or Martin Luther King or Gandhi's civil disobedience. Technically, they're breaking the law, but they're doing it for a reason, and the reason is to force clarification in the law so that the government is forced to then still amend the, issues. There probably might have been maybe – I'm not saying he might be a good candidate. I don't know the guy from a bar of soap, but – might have been better if they just chose someone maybe hadn't have had that possibly. You know no, what I mean, the, maybe. I mean, it shows the guy's a fighter and he's prepared to take on big issues. He's not going to kowtow to the government well, on other issues. Maybe so he might, might be might one be, of the good guys. He might have what it takes. I'll, I'll be watching that with interest and yeah. uh, some popcorn. Yeah, definitely. Interesting stuff, interesting times ahead. Doctors fight up on gun laws. You know, we had the, <laughs> the controversial new ownership proposal by the AMA, the Australian Medical Association. Now, they've said all these things about, you know, we don't want to go through it, but tighter gun laws. Uh, David Lyon, Helmer's Sen. It illustrates the AMA does not know the subject, what they're aiding, advocating for. is already in the law and in some cases have been tried and failed other cases. They're obviously saying things like, if someone gets a restraining order against them, if their circumstances change, if someone has a criminal conviction, we want to know whether they have a gun license. Well, that's already in law. All yeah. the stuff they're saying, a lot of the stuff they're saying is already in the law. What's but much, what- more, much, more, much more urgently required is a register of doctors and how many medical errors they've made. Because I'd be very concerned if my GP has inadvertently killed people by prescribing the wrong medication, and right. I don't know You're about it. You're asking the wrong question, so that's, <laughs> that's very harsh-harsh. You know? Let's put so, that back well, on the AMA well, I'm to sure. clean up their well, there, own there, there are more malpractice deaths and gun deaths in this oh, country. By a yeah. order by of magnitude. A by, by a mile. mile. That's exactly well, my it's, point. It's almost the – you were saying about hypocrisy before, the hilarity yeah. of them saying things like that is astronomical. But it's also – in. But it's also in several several different categories. Now, when you combine them totally into the medical profession, you've got misdiagnosis, okay? You've got um, uh, mistreatment, okay? You've got botch-ups in surgeries, mm-hmm. okay? When you combine all those mm-hmm. different areas... But guns are bad, guys. The amount of deaths afraid. involved with that, you know, is mm-hmm. miles, miles ahead of any gun deaths. But listen, yeah. look... Obviously, um, we all go to doctors with best intentions, and obviously, the vast majority of doctors want to do good. But the AMA and doctors in general should stay out of politics. Mm. Okay, you go to university to learn how to become a doctor so you can heal the sick, not to advocate your left wing political crap. Hang and on, bias. But, they, but they always say, "Well, we are, we're, we we have to treat these." You know, uh, gun deaths. We have to treat these gun injuries. We should have a say in what goes on. Nonsense. 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 No. Absolute nonsense. So what are they, they going to do next? I don't think that. I'm just saying Tell what, you what, what knives saying. you can buy? What are they going to do next, eh? Oh, they will. You Once know, guns and bows are banned. It's, it's unbelievable. Mm. Absolute nonsense. You're a doctor. You should be treating the sick and operating on, on, on sick and prescribing medicine. You should not be involved in politics. You want to be involved in politics? politics? Fine. Quit being a doctor and run for office. Mm. Interesting. We know in Tasmania they're putting out uh, government to refine gun restrictions rules, 24th of the 1st, 2017, theexaminer.com.au. Tasmanian police will soon release a new set of guidelines uh, that will see some gun removed from their owners if they do not fit the right appearance. Appearance laws in Tasmania. Yeah. In the draft document detailing the changes, any gun that resembles in appearance a machine gun or rapid-firing weapon would be banned from the state. 
What do you guys think about that? More of the same. They took the, that might be a the work experience kid wrote the article because my understanding was Tasmania police did release appearance laws previously and we fought back and they sent it back to the drawing board. So either it's the same thing and they've just brought it back off the drawing board yep. without any changes or it's an old bit of news. Well, appearance laws are nothing more than just social engineering. And what's, engineering. what's the point if, if it's, it's it not is. banned Australia-wide when you can buy the Ruger Precision? We can't even own the, the rent 22 cricket in New South Wales. Mm. That's like it's crazy. Mate, a low, uh, very appearance, low appearance power laws, 22. Appearance laws are absolute tripe. No, rubbish. And I'll give the, the they, shooters, fishers, They farmers. do absolutely nothing. They do absolutely nothing other than annoy people who are gun enthusiasts. That's mm-hmm. what it comes down to. And it's all about social engineering. They don't want you to have anything that re- re- resembles a military-style weapon. I mean, wow. It's unbelievable. Uh, it, no such thing exists in other Commonwealth countries or most of Europe and United States, obviously. And, but here, somehow, it's a big deal. So, look, it's uh, more nonsense and, you know, I expect that nonsense from Tasmania. Yeah, and Matt Allen from the SF- SFFP, I get that's tongue-tied for me, he, says it was good. he said, uh, any firearm that was modified to only look like a military firearm would be in the state. What's the difference does a gun appearance make? Shooters, Fishers, Farmers, Party of Tasmania, Vice Chairman Matt Allen said. Such a big mouthful of that. Our belief is the restriction should be on the action of the gun, not what it looks like, Mr. Allen said. What's the difference does the gun appearance make? Well, agreed. Well, None. No, well, I don't agree. Wrong again. Why? He said the, it should be on the action of the gun. What difference does the action of the gun make? At the end of the day, this, see, this is what I mean, right? This guy is just kowtowing to John Howard Laws. Apparently, the action of the gun matters. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, what matters is who's got the license, okay? Who owns the guns? If you are a law-abiding, licensed gun owner, whatever gun you own should not matter, whether it's semi-automatic, a pistol, or whatever it is. Let me read that last line again, just so we can make sure we've got it right. Our belief is that the restriction should be on the action of the gun, not what it looks like. Mm. Does it make sense? What does he mean by that? This is what I mean. That's very telling, actually, that last line, Jason, right? Because what it means is that he's actually in favour of John Howard gun laws. Technically, you're right. It may have just been the way the question was asked, and he's he's trying to stop new things based on the old, favouring the current situation. Um, but Mario's right. I could right. own a GAU-8. I'm just reading it now. It doesn't look that yeah. good. I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt yeah. on this one. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt yeah. on that one. Well, he's saying there should be restrictions on the actions yeah. of the gun. How do you? I, how else do you read I, that? I'm asking it's, for it's evidence kind of, based. It's kind yeah. of saying. It's kind of saying. Well, yeah. semi-automatics are bad, and they kill people mm. on their own. And we have should have restrictions on them. I mean, it's nonsense. Yeah. It's complete he, he, nonsense. He's not saying that though. He's not saying that. Well, isn't that what you wrote? Isn't that the quote? Yeah. No, because our be- we can't say what he said. He only, what he believes in, but he says his belief is that the restrictions should be on the action of the gun, not what it looks like. Well, is that is that is that his? That's quote? what he said. But we we're adding well, to that. We shouldn't well, be adding to that. Saying no. Well, on, he said we don't know what his belief well, is. Well, no, he said he believes that the restrictions should be on the action, right? And that's what he's saying. So what he's saying is is that some actions are more dangerous than others, which is complete nonsense. Mm. It's just complete true. nonsense. And this is what I'm saying, right? Little things like this, little clues. But he's not saying it's more dangerous there. He's just... Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's just little mm. clues that's continually giving me the message that, to be honest, that Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party do not believe in overturning the gun laws. And that's just giving me those little clues because they're constantly saying all these things that pretty much are in line with John Howard gun laws. And, you know, it's unfortunate it is like that, but, you know, that's what it is. And that's what really disappoints me. So, you know, for people to say, well, you know, the restriction should be on the action. I mean, it's just 
Why can't yeah, I people? I but why I think can't people referring just, to the current laws too? Yeah. You know what I mean? More so the current it's laws. Probably, it's probably referring to the current laws. I know, but uh, this is where I guess the rhetoric needs to change. Mm. New Zealand doesn't restrict the action. That's Norway right. doesn't I restrict agree. the yeah, action. Yeah, yeah. Czech yeah. Republic the, the, doesn't restrict the action. Yeah. Yeah. This is where I'm critical, particularly of shooters, fishers, <laughs> and farmers. Actually, you just hear that again, just so people can grasp that concept. Mm. Our belief is that the restriction should be on the action of the gun, not what it looks like. Yes, well, his, his belief. I don't, I don't his belief. Think, so it's not, you know, so I don't he, he's not referencing the current laws. He's saying his belief it should be. So you, so, know, so you would basically have the law dictating based on the action. Yeah, exactly. That's what that's what he's saying. His belief is. I mean, yeah, look, well, Justin's right. It, it I mean, could New be. Zealand it could be. That. You know, Canada look, listen. It that. Could, that's right. It could be just something insignificant. But I think that that is a, a really telling sight sign on on the inner workings of what they of what the policy they think should be. But then be again, in place. what about the US? I mean, they say the action like a fully automatic. You can't own a fully automatic, so there is a strict restriction on that action. For an example, no, you can in a lot depending of states. Depending on which state you're in, a lot of states you can. You got to pay. You got to pay two hundred dollar federal tax or whatever it is. Yeah, but a lot of states, in California, you can True. barely even do any kind of scratch yourself in California. Yeah, mate. I'll take anyway. Cal- I'll take California gun laws over ours any day. No, no. <laughs> well, what? you no, can. You really? you can, well, yeah. you can own pistols and semi-automatics. Yeah, yeah. No, so, let, let's not worry about that. Let's focus on <laughs> let's focus on what's achievable and best for I us. I know, I know. True. All right, this one, a couple more to go. This one's a funny one. Left wing Dutch vegan who moved to Switzerland is denied Swiss passport because she's too annoying. Right? <laughs> Nancy Holden was born in Netherlands, moved to Switzerland as a child. Fluent speaker of Swiss German and her children are Swiss nationals. She applied for a Swiss passport herself but refused by locals twice. Locals said they were fed up of her challenging Swiss traditions by campaigning against the use of cowbells, which uh, she has tried to rid from the town. The Dutch woman who described herself as a freelance journalist, model and drama student, it's just the typical MO, isn't it, has also campaigned against a number of other Swiss traditions. The Residence Committee argued that if she does not accept the Swiss traditions and the Swiss way of life, she should not be able to become a national. So they've knocked her back. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, uh, that's funny. It's telling uh, there is a certain mentality that's very prevalent in the world where, which seeks to move into a place and then seek to change what att- initially attracted them in the first place. It's... Yep, crazy. Another interesting one, probably won't affect Justin this one, but peak communication. We've got CB radios, or anyone got a UHF mm-hmm. in your car? Yeah. They were, they were in, I think it was sometime in I think 2016. They were going to bet there was 40 channel radios, and then mm-hmm. now they've got 80 channel radios. What they were going to do is after a certain time, like analog TV, even though the, 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 the CB channels would still be there, it was now illegal to own a 40 channel CB. So what they've done is they reversed that decision. So this yeah. one's uh, ABC. Peak Communications Body, the ACMA, uh, has reversed the decision ruling thousands of CB radio sets illegal. Uh, the Australian, Communication, uh, Australian Communications and Media Authority has reversed its decisions to make 40-channel UHF radios illegal from June 2017. There it is. Uh, it's estimated there are thousands of UHF or citizen band radios on farms, trucks, etc. that do not mm-hmm. meet these standards. Upgrading an 80-channel radio was going to cost some businesses thousands. So, example, mm-hmm. if you're on a farm, you've got one at the house, you've got three vehicles, mm-hmm. four tractors. What? Am I am I hearing that right? They're going to make forty channel UHF radios they illegal. Were they were, they were planning on, but they've reversed that decision. When, when was this? Uh, this they've just released it. ACMA proposed uh, changes allowing the continued use of twenty five kilohertz equipment, which is the UHF forty channel radio. Which uh, just, is this like federal or state law? 
ACMA, I think it's federal, yeah. yeah. So what they were, and what they were going to do is 80, because we, we've got 80 channel radios, it's not going to affect us. But what happened is about a few years ago, they came out and they said, we're going to ban, I think it was four years ago, we're going to ban 40 channel radio, so you can no longer use them. And what people were saying is that the, the kilohertz for the channel didn't change. Mm. So why can't it's you ridiculous use... ridiculous nanny statism. Talk about, talk about a regressive policy. Let me ask you, how many people have been harmed by a 40 channel CB radio. Oh the only issue I've heard of is that if you're on a 40 compared to an 80, the 40 channel radio might come down a bit lower in no, volume no, no, compared no, no. to a different ch- compared this is to an 80 channel radio. by the ACMA, okay? So the the radio people, yeah. okay? Well, all now, how much influence mm-hmm. do you think the radio manufacturers have on the board of the ACMA? Do you think there might be some Influence there, where if all the forty channel CB radios were banned, oh, you'd have to be buying a ton. Everybody more. had to go out and buy a new eighty. Oh, guys, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, yeah. Can you imagine the money that would flow into the supply? Who are they? ICOM, oh, uh, GME, GME. Uh, those guys would make billions. Uh, so you know, it's good that it was knocked on and the you head. You got to think if you got one company, said like one at the house. Yeah, I was going five to say or six cars, or you what if you've got a trucking company? Yeah, exactly. And you've got to put them in a trucking company. It's going to cost them tens of thousands of dollars. For well, what benefit? None. Exactly. exactly. I was going you to just say, don't have I, access to the forty channels because they wanted to make it bigger to you know withdraw a bit of the congestion on forty channel radios. Well, you can use other things as well. Was it CTSS? I think it's called where you can change up you know, a little bit of encryption so you don't have to hear someone else on a on a mm. on a on a, on a general you know, channel. 38, whatever it might be. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to hear people on 38. If you, if you use Simplex, you'll hear 38. But, you know. Anyway, well, thank God they've actually come to their senses on that particular issue. And, uh, you know, you can keep your now 40 channel radios, guys. You don't have to upgrade if you don't need to. Interesting topic. We'll just go off the cuff on this one. Mike Baird. Yeah, gone, absolutely. gone from politics gone. See now. You later. So that's uh, Troy Grant gone good, as well. Good riddance. Good riddance. And uh, as you know, Jason, uh, Gladys Berejiklian has been installed for, as the next uh, Premier. Of New South Wales, the new Premier of New South Wales. I don't think she'll be pro-gun. Uh, well, uh, it's yet to be seen. But look, it, it sounds like she's listening. I mean, she's uh, uh, straight away said that the Council of Amalgamations mm. will not go ahead. Yep. Okay, so that's a really good sign. So I'm hoping that very soon uh, the things that shooters, fishers and farmers were fighting for in terms of, for example, the greyhound racing as mm. well, I believe that will be overturned very quickly. Um, so, you know, I'm, well, I'm hoping she's going to be one of those premiers that's actually going to listen and it's going to listen to evidence-based stuff instead of uh, all this ideology and, um, you know, uh, this kind of um, dictatorial rule, I guess, that Mike Baird was imposing on the state. What do you think, Justin? But, uh, so mm. don't, don't forget Mike Baird, uh, like we've forgotten. How many past premiers have we had in the last 10 years? 15? That's oh, a re- revolving yeah. door. Anyway, the revolving door. Oh, yeah, Farrell, we've had Baird, Berejiklian, Carr, Yammer. Who else have we had? Was there a woman for a while? Who's yeah, well, what's woman? her name? Um, Christina Connelly. Oh, Christina Connelly. Yeah, what's the so. guy over from Toon Gabby? Just over here was caught, um, you know, fortacating with a uh, public housing uh, tenant when he had a wife. What was his name? Toon Gabby guy. You know his name. He was Na- the premier. Nathan Reese. Nathan Reese. That's Reece. it. Yeah, mm. Nathan Reese. And then as soon as that happened, he just went to ground yeah. and he was gone. Mm. Not, he, 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 cho- he wasn't coming out. He said, I'm not running for our well, politics. Well, listen, listen guys, I'm very glad that Mike Baird is gone. I'm happy to see the back of him. He's a dictator. He's bad for the city. And, you know, the smiling assassin. That's why I used to call that's why I call him because he was you know, Teflon Mike there for Teflon a while. Teflon Mike, you know, he's got that, he's got that you know, the he's got those, you know, charming good looks and you know, you'll you know, you woo you woo you with wonderful words, but you know, in the background he's just 
uh, will do whatever it takes to uh, screw the people over. So not very conservative, eh? Really, I mean, banning you know, grey. Oh, he's not conservative at all. You know, he's not conservative at all. He's uh, he's an authoritarian dictator, really. And so I'm glad he's gone. I'm glad to see the back of him. Um, I remember when you had a go at him on was it two UE? You said he was a, oh, a dictator. And <laughs> I, I, said, I said I said Kim Jong Il is taking notes. You know, uh, you know he, he would have made Kim, Kim Jong Il. No, Kim Jong Un, isn't it? Kim Jong Sun or whatever his name. I don't know. <laughs> One <laughs> of them's gone though. Now Kim Jong Il's dead, what, isn't he? Whatever they yeah, call Kim him, Kim Jong Un, his son's taken over. Son's, son's taken over. I don't know, but I, I'm Ong An Sil. We don't even know. Which I'm one not it is. a fan. I'm not a fan of any politician that's telling me what's good for me. Okay, I I, I hate that. So. Uh, you know, for someone like him to be gone, good riddance, I say. Oh, so, but animal you know, cruelty with the grey hair, it's just the oh, right please. thing to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> please. All right, what have we got coming up? We've got... Uh, I've well, got... there's so much coming up now. W- to... WA election, Jace. Yes. Very, very important. important. Yes, for all you guys in Western Australia, extremely important that you get out there and help your pro-gun parties, whether it be the Shooters, Fishers, LDP, and possibly even... One, One nation, nation Pauline yeah. Hanson. So uh, she's tipped to go really well. So the um, the polls and some of the polls that they're talking about are looking at uh, her doing really, really well. So I'm interested to see in how that is going to go because that could be, uh, I guess, the um, the canary in the coal mine. Mm. Yeah, it's not just uh, gun shops and, and gun-related businesses that need to get involved. It's anybody who has access to public land, four-wheel drive clubs, yep. scouts, abseiling, Spot hang on. gliding. Uh, motorbikes, anybody who's got a reason to be persecuted by the nanny state, get in touch with them. If you've got friends or family who are in their clubs or their associations, ask them what they're doing about public land because that is something that affects all of us. Yeah, absolutely. But Justin, the other thing is too, many people may not know this about WA, right? Because I've been to Western Australia, I've been to Perth, I've uh, gone for a bit of a drive around there. any good? Uh, look, it's it's... it's Really nice. Uh, the Indian Ocean's fantastic. Um, that beautiful turquoise colour. Uh, but the place is just, honestly, it's just dead. Like, I mean, driving around Perth on a Saturday on the weekend, I mean, you, there's probably maybe you can count the amount of cars on the street in one hand. But that might be a good thing. I hate traffic. Yeah, <laughs> look, fantastic look, thing. I, I don't know where the people Sounds are, great. to be honest. I think they're hiding somewhere in the buildings. But uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, there's not much happening there. But what, well, the reason why I brought it up is because I've seen a lot of news reports recently that say there's an exodus out of WA because mm. the jobs are going, the economy is going down. Um, there's yeah, mining n- booms the over. The mining booms over. WA is going to be in a lot of trouble, in a lot of trouble. So there's the, one. I just saw so in one point eight million in uh, w, in Perth. Right. Okay. Well, I don't know where they are. <laughs> they're hiding. <laughs> it's, a big, hiding it's a big state. It's a big yeah, state. Yeah. They're hiding somewhere. But the point that I'm trying to make, Jason, is the WA are going to struggle economically. I think in the future. Now this is. Really important for those of you that love your four-wheel driving, love your fishing, love your freedoms, love your guns, okay? We cannot have any more nanny state people in parliament, mm. okay? Uh, creating all types of barriers, red tape regulation for you to be able to enjoy your sport, to go out and spend money, to enjoy your recreation, to create businesses surrounding that recreation and so on. Uh, we cannot allow any more people to stifle the economic growth of WA and also to stifle our culture, really. Mm. So, guys... If you're in WA listening or if you've if you got friends in WA, pass this podcast around, let them know that they've got to start acting. They've got to get out on the footpaths. They've got to uh, go and support their local pro-freedom, pro-gun party, and they've got to give the, uh, the, the, the two majors a big kick up the backside. And this is what needs to happen, and this is what needs to happen in every state. But WA is a prime example. I mean, that's, it, it, we could be faced with another welfare state 
I mean, and think about that. We've got South Australia, Tasmania already, welfare states. If WA follows, we'll have the entire East Coast paying for the West Coast and for the middle of Australia. So we don't want to be faced with a situation like that. You know, our country economically, I mean, I know it's not much to do with guns, but economically we are slowly going down the gurgler. Uh, and that is a fact. And, um, and, you know, once that happens and it comes to a point where we're like Greece, well, we're going to be in all sorts of trouble. Very good. We've also got uh, – what have I got coming up? I did an interview with Rob Nyer from Nyer mm-hmm. Trading. You know, he brings yeah. the importer, Bob Cat as a son-in-law. Yep. I uh, did a great interview with him uh, about uh, the Adler. I know a lot of people were upset with uh, Rob about – or Nyer about the uh, Adler video saying this was the cause of everyone's problems. This is why it's in the media. So I asked him those good questions too and the hard questions about that, which I thought you would quite like his uh, – uh, answers to those. We ask about you know products coming up and that sort of thing. We've got a self-defense one with RV Yemeni uh, from wow. the IDF training. Interesting fellow, that's for sure. Nice to him, like a mm-hmm. nice guy. Uh, so we talk about self-defense, what's happening in Victoria and Melbourne, yep. especially with all the gangs, gang-related stuff. Mm. He's very big and up on that. So uh, his thoughts on self-defense with firearms, those types of things. We talk about that. It's very interesting as well. And uh, I don't know, that's pretty much it. We've got Everyday Hunters coming up. We've got a lot of stuff coming up. I've been pushing for shooters to get involved with Red uh, Red 25. That's the blood donation drive. Um, shooting clubs can set up an account. And so whenever your members go in to give blood, it goes on the scoreboard and has a bit of a pro gun. You know, if you can get your shooting club up on the, on the leaderboard. Uh, for people who can't get their local club to do it i'm happy to start up one you know statewide or australia wide mm. for shooters to join in so i'll be flagging that in on facebook in the next couple of weeks if people want to how do people get in contact with you justin if they want to your email yeah. people can contact yeah. you on? i'm on facebook justin luke author my uh, email address is justin luke author at gmail.com and that's the same blog address justin luke author dot blogspot.com if you just search for that you'll find me inevitably mm. Yeah, so we've got lots coming up. Uh, it's going to be a good year, I think. You reckon it's going to be a good year? Do you think it's going to be a changing well, year? Do you think well, it's going I to certainly be... hope this heat goes away soon so we can go hunting. <laughs> that would be great. So, um, you won't be can catching... you imagine trying to hunt in this weather with all oh, your pack? It would be horrible, wouldn't it? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Impossible. Imagine North Queen. I hate humid. In the hu- Actually, it's Man. been hot more than humid, I would say, but today's fairly humid. Um, yeah, it's not my cup of tea, that's for sure. I, I usually like to just do all the summer sports... Uh, <laughs> That's you know, right. the swimming, the fishing and all that stuff during the summer. Yeah. I avoid hunting during the heat. So I, I, love, I love the winter. I can't wait for the winter. I don't mind the fishing. Maybe mm. the clay target shooting, pistol shooting, yeah. go to the range where it's nice and air yeah. conditioned, you yeah. know what I mean? But yep. uh, hunting, you just kill you getting all those packs on. You wouldn't want to get out of bed in the morning. It'd be so no. hot. Um, now, guys, just want to mention too, Jason has uploaded all the Australian hunting podcasts uh, onto YouTube, so yes. you can hear us now on YouTube. All the episodes are there. I know many of you, I know I do, I listen to a lot of YouTube channels, uh, including um, uh, the American conservative talk show, show host Michael Savage, who I really love listening to. So um, get onto YouTube and look for Australian Hunting Podcast, so you can pass that along to your friends and have a listen. Jason spent a lot of uh, time and effort yep. uploading all those great episodes. That uh, we've uh, and he has recorded and all those fantastic interviews that you love listening to. So uh, please check it out. Yep, uh, took me a while to do that too. So yeah, could only do one at a time. But you can listen to it on there. Each now I've uploaded them all. Each, each one is gets we finished. Leave and your comments there. Leave your comments yep. there too. So mm. you know, uh, every now and then we'll read out some comments and uh, see what you guys are saying. Now we've we've still we've got plenty of people that are always emailing us and heaps of comments to read out, which we'll do. In the next episode, I mean, this has been a bumper issue. I know we've just come back from holiday, so there's a lot of things happening, a lot of things happening with Trump. 
which we haven't talked <laughs> talk about. about that on the next show. We sure. haven't talked about, but mate, he's kicking goals, and like, let me tell you, the lefties are going oh, ballistic. They're, they're destroying yeah. things. They're rioting. They're rioting. They're protesting. Windows, destroying things. Absolutely, they're going ballistic, and that, you know Trump's doing well when the left wing are so, so upset that he, he told out. them what he was going to do. Now he's doing it. They're <laughs> even more outraged. And, yeah. and what do they do? Hey, let's damage our own neighbourhood. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk more about more about that. But um, uh, guys, thank you very much. This has been another great episode of the Australian Hunting Podcast. Well, as usual, my name is Jason Sells. And I'm Mario Vlapko. I'm Justin Luke. See you guys next time. You're listening to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHB Digital Radio Network. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.